Hey, welcome everybody in. Uh, just a quick note before we start the show, we lost some audio at the front of the recording that we rescued from YouTube. So with the first 15 minutes or so of the show, audio is a little bit off, but just stick with it. Everything evens out. Uh, with that said, hope you guys enjoy the show. Go Raiders. Hell of a draft. All right, y'all. Welcome to the show. This is the Pillaging Podcast. As you know, we're not doing any flashy intros while we do this remote stuff, while we're sheltering in place, doing the responsible thing right here. But as you guys know, I'm your host, Kenny Stapler. As joined as always by my three co-hosts. Why don't you guys introduce yourselves? What's up, y'all? It's your boy Chet. How y'all doing, man? It's your boy Kane. What's going on? We're shaking, everybody. This is Bobby Wasabi. Yeah. And welcome, yeah. welcome to the show. Uh, we got a lot to discuss tonight, so uh, we're gonna get right to it here just in a minute. But we got some business to take care of first, and uh, so let's get to it, guys. Uh, first off, um, I'd like to welcome everyone back again. It feels good to, to remain in touch with the whole team and, of course, all the pillagers. I know everyone involved looks forward to this even more because we're also very isolated right now. We're, we're going to give you our takes. We're going to recap the entire Raiders 2020 draft class and try to create a good hang in the process. Uh, but off the top, we'd like to thank everyone for their generous contributions during the first night of the draft because your generosity will be positioned to continue to bring you these shows while shelter in place is happening and beyond. So we thank you very much. Again, your donations go straight to the podcast fund. Um, take care of our Libsyn subscription and also our Zoom subscription in the meantime. So we appreciate you guys, the listeners here. You guys are the ones keeping this going. So very, very grateful for that. Also, um, let's take a moment to remind you guys that One Nation Fanware now has pillaging hats and T-shirts in stock. So you want a pillaging just for fun T-shirt or hat, make sure you head over there, OneNationFanware.com. Fill your cart with the highest quality pillaging lifestyle gear in the nation. This week, only 20% off pillaging hats with the promo code PJ4F at checkout. During tough times like these, make sure to support independent artists like One Nation and look fly while you're doing it. Also, brand new to the store this week are the nation-themed face covers. Very slick. They're selling fast, and new styles are coming later this week. Available only while supplies last. This is the hottest-selling item in the store right now. Again, OneNationFanware.com. Head on over and get yourself dipped in some fly pillaging gear and beyond. Uh, really quick before we move on, I just want to say what's up to everyone that just joined the chat. All you early, early arrivals. Uh, Raider Ben is in there. Uh, 710 Dobbs is in there. Roland Dubs is in there. Tulare all day. What's good, bro? I haven't seen you in a minute. James Lyles. Uh, Vincent, Raider Nug, you already know who it is. Lynette Romero was cracking. Uh, there's going to be more of you coming in. I'll do my best to stay on top of that. Welcome to the show. Uh, let's get this thing's cracking, man. Let's let's get it cracking by cracking open some cold ones. So, yeah, boys, boy. let the pillagers know what you're sipping on and let them know what you've been up to. Oh, man. Well, well, today, uh, I actually just got this, man. It's nice and cold. Straight out the store fridge. This is a stone... Uh, never ending haze IPA, uh, and this is a, a is a light it's a light IPA man. It's a it's a smooth drinker, four percent ABV. So you can drink these all day long. It's coming in there almost like a Modelo man. Modelo might actually have more potency than this this bad boy. But let's see what the flavor is all about because that's what a hazy is all about right here. Yep. Let's see. Get that silky mouthfeel. You know what I mean? No homo. That's what I was say. It sounds kind of weird. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, man. That's super, that's really refreshing. It's uh very fruity. There's there's a lot of fruit flavor in there. Um, 
you still have that hoppy, that real hoppy scent right off the bat. As soon as you, you, you know, you, you start to drink it, you get that scent right away. Really hoppy scent. You got a little bit of bitterness on the back end. It feels like a, it feels like a, like a legit IPA, not like a, like a low alcohol content IPA, but you could definitely tell it's a smooth drinker. It's, it's easy, man. I, I would drink this. You could drink this at a barbecue, dog, and not be worried about uh, being slurred later on. Like we were <laughs> <laughs> the, the draft party. <laughs> By the way, all apologies. Well, that got out of control, but uh, we also had a good time. So we hope you guys did too. But if, if we offended you guys in any ways, we apologize. Now, nah, fuck that. We don't apologize. <laughs> Um, it was it was tech it was audio difficulties people it was yeah, it wasn't us it was it was just the audio you know it, it was, was your like, imagination yeah what you man you doing some drinking tonight I'm drinking this uh <clears throat> what's in the hops Belgian beaver mm. that's, that's gotta be up. good they don't put out bad beer that's gotta be good no nah, it's it's good this uh it's 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 a double IPA mm. it's good. Mm. Nice and hoppy. You you finished off those mosaics. I finished off the mosaic with the last one I drank yesterday. I Uh bought another four pack today when I went to the store and bought these. So I got these and those. Both of these. This one is a nine point seven two. Okay. Nine point seven ABV. Yeah. So heavy hitter. Heavy hitter. Uh, Also, I want to say shout out to to Damage Incorporated. It's four o'clock in the morning where he's at right now. So I want to definitely shout Shout out. Didn't mean to cut you off, Kane. How was it taste? Oh, What's the flavor like? What's the flavor like? Oh no, it's all it's hoppy and yet yet it's crisp. You know, okay. yeah, but it, le- it leaves that nice little hop flavor on your tongue. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Make you want Bobby, another one, Bobby? You're sipping on something too. I see a nice amber color in your glass. What are you drinking? Uh, I kept it cool today as well, man, because uh, like you said, we got a little. Uh, too exaggerated uh, the other day, so so I'm I'm keeping it at a 5.2. It's a Sonoma Springs Brewing Company El Valiente. There you go. Oh uh, yeah. I figured you know what since uh since playing uh since being in the draft is kind of like a lottery. You know, got to play la loteria and bust out with El Valiente, bro. <laughs> there you go. That's right. And That's Bobby right. drops knowledge on us. That's a discontinued card right there. Uh, <laughs> discontinued uh, signature edition right there. So. There's a, there's, I think there's a lot of discontinued cards in the Loteria. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Loteria it wasn't the very original uh, Loteria PC. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't very PC at all. <laughs> nah, nah. So, so if anything, I'm actually dedicating this Valiente to a, to one of our new draft pickups, uh, Damon Arnett, and y'all see oh. why. Shout okay. out to shout out to the Chichona. I mean La Sirena. Because <laughs> that's what we call her in my household, La Chichona. <laughs> oh man. All yeah, right, we so were, we're, and we were five playing that shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh man. Um we're gonna get right to it, guys. We we got a lot to cover, so let's let's stop uh stop pussyfooting around here. Let's just dive right in. Let's do it. Um we're we're gonna take kind of a bird's eye view of this at first and then we'll go pick by pick. But I definitely want to talk about draft strategy. So I want to give you guys my thoughts and then we'll go around the horn and you guys can chime in, add to it. You can debate me if you want to, or uh, maybe you have your own take on it and that's, that's cool. Um, but let's, let's start off. So I wanted to say the Raiders went into the 2020 draft with picks in the first, third, fourth, and fifth rounds. A couple of trades during the weekend netted the Raiders an additional pick in the fourth. No draft would be complete without a few surprises, a few twists and turns, and the Raiders were no exception. Let's take a look at this again from the top down and go round by round and give you our takes. Um, last year's draft, 2019, 
was really driven by team need and the want to begin rebuilding the culture of the team. The young players who exhibit high character and exceptional leadership. Jacobs, Furl, Crosby, Renfro, and even Abram showed that their impact on the Raiders transcend their ability on the playing field. Abram being the uh, best example of this with his underlying undying commitment to remain present at the facility and practices. Even after he was injured week one, Abram bleeds silver and black from day one. And and you can even argue before that going back to the, the senior bowl game Uh, this year, you can take all of what informed the 2019 draft strategy and add to that strength, speed and versatility. As we said before, the work the Raiders did in free agency to address some of the gaps the team had on defense allowed them to focus on adding weapons around Derek Carr and offense. We said it last season prior to AB inflating his head like a hot air balloon, and we'll say it again now, this is the season of zero excuses. Without rehashing the whole debate again, no matter what side of the fence you're on, we can all agree this offense was a skeleton crew by year's end. We needed more weapons. We needed more depth. And more weapons and more depth is exactly what we got. So, Kane, let's start with you, man. Why don't you chime in with your thoughts regarding just the approach to this year's draft? Just the approach. Just the approach. Uh, That's a good question. Uh, Well, I I think they basically took the players that they wanted. You know what I mean? Regardless to where they might have been slotted to go in a draft, I think they just stuck to their board. Basically, just like Mike Mayock said, you know, they, they, they didn't fray from their board. And it seems to be a theme for this new Raiders regime that they'll they will take the player they want, regardless to where that player stands at the time that they pick. If they got if they like this guy and they have a first round grade on him, then they're going to take him. If it's at five, if it's at four, with Cleland Farrell or if it's at 19 with, you know, so yeah, twelve. We got we got rugs, and uh, they stuck to their board. Mm-hmm. They had all, they had a choice to pick all three players, and they stuck. They picked rugs. So obviously, he was number one on their board. That's a good take. They definitely did stick to their guns and got the guys they wanted. Uh, Bobby, let's go to you, man. How did you feel about the, the Raiders draft strategy this year? Anything you noticed in particular? We mentioned that we needed help in the wide receiver and in the cornerback department and that's what we got we got a lot of help when it comes to the wide receiver department we got people that can do multiple jobs in the wide receiver department uh not just you know their initial jobs but as well but also like you know kick and punt returns as well but uh the cornerback i mean we got a couple dogs in there and i definitely was happy the way we saw not only that too but in the undrafted free agents which we'll talk about next week um, that as well, we we address some more some more needs that we needed. So I was I was satisfied with with what we saw, even though there was a couple of picks that I wish we could have gone a different way. But it's definitely the what we needed. I think this is I think they were actually paying attention to to Raider Twitter when people were saying we need a wide receiver, we need a cornerback. Uh, had we not improved the way we did in the linebacker core, we would have been hollering for linebackers and there probably would have been a lot more linebackers picked up as well. Right. Uh, really quick before you get in here, Che, uh, thank you, James Lyles, for the donation. We're going to keep that going. Drink. Keep that going through draft weekend. Hey. Um, <laughs> we'll have a new sound drop for you guys next week. I already got one picked out. And I just want to comment, Bobby, the way that, that Raiders background lines up with your head is perfect. Bobby Wasabi, the new face of the Las Vegas Raiders logo. <laughs> that is perfect, bro. We just nice. need an animated, we need an animated uh, 
scene, bro, where the sword just come in behind your head. Like, <laughs> Looks real clean. That's it, uh, and I do want to point out too, Kane. Uh, Kane's shirt shows up really nice on video. Kane's wearing that Versace uh, mashup. Oh, that's also on OneNationFanWare.com. Oh, look at that! Even the shirt knew ahead of time about covering yourself and being safe. You see that? <laughs> Shit, dude! Even even the shirt called it. Yeah. Johnny, where you at, bro? Time machine. Way ahead of the curve, Johnny. OneNationFanWare.com. Uh, <laughs> Get 20% off your, your pillaging hats this week only. Yeah. PJ4F promo code at checkout. And also, Johnny Way, ahead of the curve. He's got masks. Protect yourself. Look good in style in the Raider way. So go to the store and check those out. Very nice, King. Very nice. Up, Modeling that shirt well. So, Che, it's your turn, man. Draft strategy. Anything that hasn't been pointed out yet, or do you want to double down on something that somebody's already said? What's your take on the Raiders' approach this year in the 2020 NFL draft? I mean, you know what, man? I, I feel like uh, the strat. I think last, like you said, last season was like need, right? Mm-hmm. Need and a change of culture and, and all that good stuff. And I think the theme of this year's draft was playmakers and character, right? Like they, they still are going after these, these leader type, uh, you know, players, these guys that are, have a voice in the locker room. Um, they come from winning programs. Um and, but clearly, they were not happy with the playmaking ability of this roster last season. And uh, like you said, it's time to cut out all the excuses and bring in some playmakers. And I think that's what they went. I was from from top to bottom for the most part, right? With exception for you know the guard, but the guard gets after it. You know, John Simpson get after it. He's a playmaker in himself. Pull around and and, and knock some people around. Um, the one that's maybe the the least of the playmakers, but maybe the most steady, you know, would be your your boy Damon Arnett. Um, but you got playmakers all down the board everywhere else, man. Um, so, I you know I like what I saw because it it does take away that uh that opportunity to say oh but if we had this, nah, we shouldn't have that anymore. We shouldn't right. have those that that excuse anymore. Um, we, we have these guys that should be able to, uh, you know, extend plays, uh, get that yak, um, and take things to the house, man. I see a lot of guys that can take it to the house, both on defense and offense. Absolutely. Absolutely. A lot of playmakers. You're going to see this Raiders team start to flash this year. I mean, that's the hope, right? Getting some guys that are, they're going to be lightning bolts on the field. And I, maybe I shouldn't say that F the chargers. Uh, getting guys are going to be silver streaks running down the field. Uh, you know, definitely, definitely stick to our guns. And one thing that none of us said, and I'll just tack it on here at the end before we move on to these picks, is you saw a return to the Raiders culture, the Raiders legend, the Raiders mystique and tradition. You saw nastiness. You saw violence. You saw speed and game breakers. You saw that. Uh, John Gruden is no stranger to Raiders mystique and tradition and he promised us when he came back he'd be bringing that back to the team and we definitely saw that in this NFL draft so let's get down to it guys let's start talking about these picks we're going to start off round one here Henry Ruggs uh, pick number 12 wide receiver out of Alabama I'm going to flip up the order here I went first last time Che you went last Che why don't you just reverse this for us why don't you start us off Henry Ruggs what do you see from this guy I mean so listen uh, you guys all know that 
my choice at at twelve would have been would have been CD Lamb, right? I, I'd been talking about CD Lamb. I loved I loved what I saw from the guy. I knew that he didn't have that top end speed that a Henry Ruggs had. I knew that he didn't have that elite speed, but he had very good speed. He had decent speed, and he had and he showcased that he could break away from people. And I feel like speed at, in, in football is a little different, right? But um, but Henry Ruggs was the guy that a lot of other people were paying for. And mm-hmm. I think what you touched on right now is John Gruden's, you know, commitment to the lore of the Raiders, right? Uh, you saw when he first came back how he sat in Al's office and he looked at the board and he talked about all the all the greats, all the Raider greats. Um, the Raiders are known for speed. Why? Because Al Davis loved it, right? He loved having speed on this team, speed on the defense and on the offense, right? We have some of the fastest players maybe to ever play in the NFL that wore the silver and black. So it's not a surprise at all. It wasn't a surprise at all, and it didn't anger me at all that we went with Henry Ruggs because um, it's a known fact that we didn't have that deep threat, and now we do, right? So the first thing, when I looked at Henry Ruggs, and, and, and obviously I had seen some film on him before, but he wasn't my preference, so I didn't focus on him. Um, but now that he's a member of this silver and black, now that he's a Raider, now we can really look and see what it is that he does good. And, I, and like I said, to start off with, the dude has elite speed, like Olympic-style speed with, like, huge yak ability, right? Mm-hmm. Yards after catch is this guy's middle name, okay? Mm-hmm. We got a dude that I also saw is a willing blocker, okay? He's not afraid to get in there and mix it up come and crack down on linebackers, whatever it may be, to help get somebody around the edge. You have a dude who has been talked about being a locker room leader, someone who has a strong voice. Even though Judy was the number one receiver, this guy was was thought of as as the leader, the leader of the receiver group. A lot of people said that about him. Yeah. Um the other thing that I like that I uh, that I thought was a big strength of his was his footwork off the line. He doesn't do he didn't do a whole lot of being able to break away from people using his physicality in terms of like pushing people off of him, swiping hands away. It's all in the footwork and his quick movement, right? So he hits people with a stutter step, hits them with a little jarring step inside or step outside, and then beats people and he gets a lot of free releases that way. Um, which that's all you really need, right? If you can get a free release and you got that kind of speed, you're gonna get downfell real quick. Right, and then it's just up to the quarterback to get it to you. Yep. I pause right there. <laughs> <laughs> I pause right there. We'll see what happens. Okay. Um, but listen, um, I mean, I got a, I got a long list. I don't want to like take all the, take all the, all the, the pros and cons from you guys because I'm sure you guys want to share some too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll throw out a couple cons that that I did see that um, that I think are kind of obvious, maybe in, in some way. Um, the one one of the main cons for me, and this is the reason why I was pushing for CD Lamb, was that this dude benefited from a stacked offense in Alabama. Okay, this this team had a NFL players up and down that offensive team, right? Receivers, running backs, quarterback, offensive linemen. There was a bunch of NFL talent on that team. Okay, no knock on him; it's not his fault. He went to a great program, right? Um, and he still made an impact. So it still says a lot about him too. But when you have multiple receivers that can go house, 
You have a number, what people thought of as the number one receiver in the draft in Judy. A lot of people thought he was the number one receiver in the draft. You're going to be free to work alone, right? Um, a lot of times you're going to get that one-on-one coverage, which will allow you to, to take things to the house the way he did. We, he took advantage of it, though. And then um, I, I guess the other thing that I noticed, and and maybe I need to see a little bit more film to just see if this is really a tendency of his, is that he was a little conscious of inside defenders when making short crossing routes, mm. right? Going across the middle, he was a little hesitant, or maybe not hesitant, he was moving, but very, very aware of where the defenders were. And on some occasion, and one occasion that I saw, uh, he completely missed the pass that was coming towards him because he was so focused on who was in the middle of the field. So uh, those are just a couple takes that I took from the film that I studied. And like I said, we got to still do uh, our due diligence, as John Gruden would say, and, and see a little bit more about this guy. But I'm excited. I'm excited, man. There you go. Bobby, anything you want to add to that, man? Uh, that 42-inch vertical. Yeah. That's uh, for a cat that's 5'11. I mean, I wanted a tall, tall receiver, mm-hmm. but a 5'11 with a 42 inch vertical. I mean, you, you, you can't teach that. That does a lot of good because we're able to give DC a weapon to actually throw it down the field now and to be able to win those contested catches, man. I mean, it, it definitely does a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, shit. Give me a second. I need to plug in my computer. Apparently, it's running out. Totally unprofessional. <laughs> real quick, real real quick. If you guys don't Go mind ahead. making making me making a comment on what Bobby just said, that forty two inch vertical uh, was very apparent in that basketball video that's going around right oh. now. Man, your boy got some hops. Boom shaka like, I'm talking about kiss the rim type hops, man. That dude's head is above the rim when he gets up there. This this dude can jump now i want to see it I, I hope that we see that translate onto the football field the kind of hops that i was seeing on the basketball court because man dude dude could have dude could have had a future in there yeah <laughs> i don't know man yeah playing like that kane you want to jump in there man what what did you see from rugs what what are your thoughts on this pick how did you feel about it uh i, <clears throat> I felt great about it i i've wanted rugs all along um you know from the from day from the get i, I thought we needed a Tyreek Hill type receiver to match up with KC. We needed somebody that can take the top off of defenses and uh, somebody that can take it to the house with uh, just, you know, a slant cut and boom, I'm gone. You know, uh, four, four passes dropped in what, three years. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you, 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 uh, you got to look at that. And then uh, as, as Che was speaking on the cons, uh, the cons that I read or, you know, uh, was that he was schemed open a lot, and uh, it, it, you know he he's not a he doesn't run the full route tree as as he's not as polished as as a Judy was on that on that offense. So uh, that would be a con, and uh, you know the, the the thing about that is it's just going to be on play calling and how John Gruden uses him. But I'm I'm absolutely excited about the pick. I feel like we got somebody, like I said, like a Tyreek Hill that can uh that can just in one play, boom, your shit is done. You know? Somebody that can make a play. Uh, I, I you know, it's really not too much more to add. I mean, it, these guys said it all. Like this guy just he's to me, he was it. And I'm glad we got him. The one con that I was able to to kind of find is that even though he had heart. 
he just wasn't that good of a blocker. And I think that's because his uh, his 188-pound frame, I think that's just what it is, man. I mean, you're if you got defensive cats that could definitely, you know, remove you out the way, then it's going to be kind of hard to do that. That doesn't mean that he doesn't have that fight in him, but that that's the one uh, con that I'll have to say for me because I was looking and looking and I was like, this this kid is badass. He's good. And then I was like, well, what's the one thing? And I was like, well, that's probably just it. But, I mean, he could definitely just work on that. Right. Not only that, I mean, how many times do you got to block when you're trying to run the hell down the field and just trying to be the open man right there? So, mm-hmm. eh, you know what? We'll, we'll let that one slide. So, to Kane's point, I agree with him. Uh, with the Chiefs on division, there, there's a lot of pressure to keep up on both sides of the ball. The best insurance policy for a leaky defense is a potent offense. You saw the Niners and the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. The Niners had one of, if not the best defenses in the NFL last year. And they're over there holding all the L's, concocting conspiracy theories about that loss in the Super Bowl. Their defense could not stop the Kansas City Chiefs. So can our defense stop them? Probably not. But can our offense keep up with them? You got to hope so. You know, got to hope it plays out one way or the other. And I'll say it. Ruggs is underrated. You know, everybody was shocked that he went first out of the big three. Maybe less of a shock when you see it was the Raiders picking him. Again, tradition and legend there. But I think Ruggs has been pigeonholed by his speed. It's not a bad thing. He's a lot more dynamic than that. At 5'11", the guy's pretty stout. He can block. That's not his highest strength, but it's also not his weakness. It's not a skill he lacks. Uh, The other thing is his body strength. You see this guy running in the open field. This guy breaks tackles. At 5'11", less than 200 pounds, Forget about it. Henry Ruggs is running through guys still. You see defenders bounce off of this dude. How? Why? It's his tenacity, his determination, and just all-out speed downfield. It's really hard to catch a comet flying into earth, and that's what this guy is. Um, His route running, it's suspect there a little bit. It's not talked about enough, though. He's fast, but he's also quick. Now, while he can't run that whole route tree, his, his ability to outmaneuver defensive backs at the line of scrimmage, it's incredible. His speed is not just north and south is what I'm trying to get at. So, you know, and I saw the comment come up in the chat too, and I wanted to talk about this and how it relates to our offense. Don't expect this offense to still be balls to the wall, Hail Mary passes downfield. You're not going to see that. This is not John Gruden's offense. But what you have now is Henry Ruggs, and and I'm, I'm calling out John here, and I was going to talk about this later, but I'm just going to bring it up now. You know, we've been talking about getting weapons for Derek Carr and how there's no more excuses for Derek Carr. Well, the same applies now to John Gruden because he's had a lot of criticism the last two years. His offense has been stagnant. It has been predictable. It's been safe. It's been boring, especially in the second half. Now, I'm hoping that changes. We've seen historically that's John Gruden's offense, but also historically we saw more wrinkles before. Also, when he joined us, You know, we were teased and tempted by all these tales of John seeing behind the scenes, behind the curtains of some of the most dynamic offenses in the NFL as his time for 10 years as a broadcaster and working with all these guys, the Andy Reeds in the NFL, so on and so forth. John Gruden hasn't had the weapons to roll out that kind of an offense. Now he does. John Gruden, you also have no excuses this season. What are you going to do with the Lynn Bowden Jr.? What are you going to do with the, with the Brian Edwards? What are you going to do with the Henry Ruggs? Are you going to roll out there with the same vanilla game plan that we had last year? Or is it time to start introducing those new wrinkles? You know, whether or not there's an RPO, I don't know if we have the QB to do it, but where are the jet sweeps, the bubble screens that John, you talk shit about, but you're still running. 
You know, where is that stuff, the quick slants and all that? You have the weapons to run that kind of a game plan now. You can hurt teams by not going deep and still stay within your West Coast system, but it's time to unlock these weapons and really go for it. So we'll see how that how that pans out. Um, again, about the blocking. Rugs not built for the crack back block. Doesn't have the strength or, or the size to really like to move and set and square, but his hand strength and his determination do make him an inspired blocker. It's a mandatory trade for anyone that looks to be a mainstay in the John Gruden offense, and I believe Ruggs has that. At least at the point of attack, this guy's capable enough to jam a DB when he needs to to get that initial push going. So I feel like Ruggs, although not that's not, again, his main strength, I don't see it as a weakness in his game. I don't see any red flags with, with Henry Ruggs. I really like this pick. So really quick, without any explanation, let's just go around the horn. Let's grade this pick. I'm going to go ahead and give it an A. It's exactly what the Raiders needed. It's what they wanted. They got that injection of speed into their offense. Um, Kane, what do you grade this pick? A plus. A plus. There you go. Bobby. I'm going to go with the old uh, the old grading system that I re- rely on. Pass. <laughs> nah, bro. You got to give it a letter grade. <laughs> Bats or fail. <laughs> none of that. A plus, none, of that ga- <laughs> none of that gateway bullshit, bro. <laughs> hey, it's better than an incomplete, bro. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, that's definitely uh, that's definitely an A plus. Just because sure. you spent your yeah, high school sure. career in the portables doesn't mean you can't give it a letter grade. That's bullshit. <laughs> hey, shit, dude. I, I graduated, bro. <laughs> uh, Don't hate. Che, I'm what? I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna be a little more a little more uh more harsh on on him than you guys. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it an A minus. A minus. Just because there there is there is some doubt that he was the the top the top receiver in the draft. We'll see though. All right. I'm hopeful. I think he's got I think he's got the nuts to fucking go out there and say I'm gonna prove to you guys that I was the number one receiver. I hope he does. I hope he Not does. only talk too. about his hands enough. You know what well, I mean? I. I I mentioned that he only dropped four passes in three yeah. years, you know. So, you know, real quick on the hands part, Derek Carr's been is a very uh, he'll lose trust in you if you start dropping passes. Yeah, you know. So yeah. we we needed some somebody that was dependable, somebody that Derek can trust. So he will throw the ball out there, or maybe even throw uncontested throw contested mm-hmm. passes and let the receiver go after it. Because I noticed Rugs is good at. That watching film, he's good at that too. So, yeah, A plus, man, A plus. Yeah, I like no, definitely the hands, man. He he's definitely got re- reliable hands, and what you like to see about from a receiver, right, is that he consistently catches the ball outside of his body, right. You see that a lot from Rug. So, absolutely, I, I I think you 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 said it best that that was we we got to mention that four drops. That's huge. Yeah, that's huge. So uh, A's across the board, not quite, uh, not quite a hundred percent. It didn't get to say cien por ciento, but uh, it's solid ninety seven percent. So we're gonna roll with that. That's real nice. Uh, it, it feels good to have a front office here where you enter the draft confident and excited to see what your picks are, not nervous. And seventy five percent of the way through a twelve pack before the thing even starts, just trying to calm your nerves. So. All props to Mayock and John Gruden for starting this draft off the right way and setting the tone. So let's move on to pick number two. Um, I'll start this one off here. Damon Arnett. If you guys watched the live draft party, this was the pick that caused the most controversy amongst our group. We've had a few days to digest it. I love the pick right off the bat. Had to do some research on it real quick because Arnett wasn't on anyone's radar in this clan 
Now, Watts Raider had him on his DB video. I don't know if he had him going in the first round, but Watts had this guy on his radar. So props to you, Watts Raider. Make sure you like and subscribe to his channel. Uh, Damon Arnett, round one, pick 19, cornerback out of Ohio State University. And, and I just want to I just want to point out, majority of our guys came from solid, bona fide programs, um, with the exception of you know Kentucky and Louisiana Tech. But still, you know, we got playmakers out of those schools too. So Damon Arnett, uh, you can hate the pick. Oh, really quick, Irish Schrader with fifty euros. That's huge. Todd, 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 Why? Todd, Todd. Irish Schrader, man, just for that, um, I owe you a pillaging hat. So why don't you send me your shipping, uh, your, your shipping, your shipping information? You can DM, DM me on Twitter, and, I, and I'll hook you up. Uh, Hell yeah! Uh, he asked. He asked really quick. Sidebar. He asked really quick. Do you guys feel that this is a playoff team now? No, I don't. I don't because number one, there's a lot of talent, but we don't know what this talent looks like in the NFL just yet. These are still first-year players. They got to get acclimated. You have what's looking to be like a shortened, if if you know, barely existing off-season program at this point with the the COVID nineteen, uh, you know, orders in effect. So that's going to hinder some of the the development. You know, rookie minicamp's not going to happen. OTCs are not going to happen. So I think that puts a hitch in our get up. The other thing, and I've I've touched on this, and I, and I'll save this whole rant for a later show. But home field advantage and the psychological impl- implications of home field advantage are not what you think they are. It's not all about noise and fans cheering in the stadium. That's not what it comes down to. And I'll expand on this later, but home field, and I've done my research on this. I've I've written term papers on this, guys. I, I don't want to sound too nerdy, but I've gone into this subject. And yes, there's there's scientific there's scientific journals written on this, actually. So it, it's interesting. I, I encourage you guys to check it out. What home field advantage really comes down to is spatial familiarity. Um, if anyone's ever played basketball in their home gym, and you're backing down a player, and you got your back to the hoop, but you know where that hoop is because that Wildcat logo is located at 11 o'clock just above the bleachers, and you're used to seeing that. So you know exactly where your positioning is on the court based on the landmarks around you. None of these players, none of them have ever played in this new stadium. So there's going to be an adjustment period there as well. You know, and we don't know what that, that field that, that, um, I know it's grass. I was about to say turf. We don't know what that's going to do too. Is that going to stick? Well, what type of playing field are we on? So there's a lot there that factors into home field advantage. No, I don't feel like this is a playoff team just yet, but I think you're going to see this team make noise. Now, if we are a playoff team because of this expanded playoff rules in the NFL, I'm happy to be wrong, but my gut feeling says not just yet, but you're going to see more than four wins, more than six wins out of this team this year. This is a team I feel like finally gets over the hump. I don't want to get off and sidetracked on that I, I know the guys have a lot to say about this we're definitely going to get into this stuff more so when the season gets a little bit closer and we get some more stories coming out of camp and we have some more juice that we can run with but um i, I i'll just i'll leave it at that for right now so hopefully that that answer suffices for the time being and, and we'll all weigh on that on a future show when we start getting into our early way too early uh, off-season predictions so um, <laughs> can i just say one thing though Mm-hmm. Yeah, this better, this this better be a fucking playoff team because okay. there's a couple people who are on the line 
if this isn't a fucking playoff team. Let's That's just true. say that. That's true. And uh, thanks yeah. for the donation, Austin. Todd, 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 Todd. Here's Austin Lepler. <laughs> Austin says, Damon Arnett is a dog. He shows up on the tape. So with that, let's get back to it. Uh, you can hate the pick, but don't hate the player. This is one of the first surprise picks in the first round, but no surprise that it came from the Raiders. Uh, we saw this last year with Josh Jacobs. People said it's too early to take a running back. Nobody's mm-hmm. saying that shit now. Josh Jacobs was, like was a that. front runner for MVP. Nobody's bringing up that argument anymore ever for the rest of his career. That will never be mentioned again. So just wait and see on Damon Arnett. You may look at this as a reach now, but in two years' time, maybe sooner, you'll see that Arnett was a first-round talent all along. In fact, if you go look at his tape right now, you're going to be scratching your head as to why he wasn't graded higher than he was to begin with. You can attribute some of that to the wrist injury he had last year, even though that wrist injury had no implication on his playing ability last year whatsoever. And that's just an attribute to how much of a warrior this guy is. Uh, Mayock did want to trade back here. He wanted to grab Arnett later. Teams wanted the 12th pick, not the 19th, so they they stood pat. They took their guy. Like Kane told you, they got their guys. Okay? First off, Arnett completely overshadowed playing next to Okuda. You you can uh, compare that to, to Ruggs playing next to Judy. Okay? Somewhat, that's a stretch, but th- there's some similarities there. Um, and he was in a crowded, talented group over there in Ohio State. Arnett's skill set, he's aligned with the man press style. PG uses this in his scheme. He, he can play in the zone, but where is his strength? It's impressing, uh, it's impressing wide receivers. That's where this guy is. He's physical, he's strong. Best tackling CB in this year's draft. In a lot of ways, he's the anti Conley. Shout out to Ohio State. Arnett doesn't have blazing fast speed, okay? But somehow, he still has the ability to cut back and make up ground when he has to. He's got that short distance burst is what they call it, right? I love this. Uh, go back, if you haven't already, and look at the pick six Damon had against Indiana last year. It's like his number one highlight. I'm sure all you guys have seen this. I love this play because it shows off so many of his traits in one mega highlight. Arnett begins to play somewhat out of position. I watched him break down this play on his own on uh, Letterman Row. It's a YouTube channel. You should check it out. Uh, he says he was originally supposed to move across the formation and down onto the other side. When he lines up, he realizes the offense is flipped, and he understands that this is not going to work pre-snap. He makes a decision himself to stay put. He still shades over, ends up out of position on this play, but diagnoses it as it develops. You see the tight end link out after doing a chip block, and he moves against the grain. He's about to break open. What does Damon do? He adjusts, again, that short distance burst. He makes the play to the outside, jumps the route from the outside. The rest is highlight history. I love seeing this. Jumping around from the outside, from the position he was in, when you go back and look at the highlight, that takes a lot of athleticism for for what he does. And, and the rest is history. 95 yards for a pick six. Um, incredible speed downfield. Again, played with a bl- broken wrist last season. Uh, think about that when watching this guy make the tackles that he makes. He's not a hard hitter. He's a savvy tackler. He's a textbook tackler. Wraps up the legs. Does the smart things. Doesn't sell out for the highlight hit. He plays with his head. That's the, that's the thing that really jumps out about Arnett. He knows where to be. He knows when to be there. And he knows the adjustments and the tackles and the types of things he has to do. It's all the small things. It, the devil is in the details when you look at this guy. He's on wide receivers like flies on a horse shit. Damon Arnett is a sticky corner. You're going to love this kid. 
If you listen to your draft party, our draft party, you already know I love it. Arnett, day one starter, in my opinion, which justifies this first round selection. If you're still salty about this, just go watch the tape. You're going to feel better about it. Um, let's move around now. Bobby, let's go. You haven't gone second yet. Bobby, you're on the clock. What do you feel about the Damon Arnett pick? I was actually hanging out over with the uh, Raider Nation Monterrey crew. Shout out to all those cats out there. A bunch of cool folks. I was hanging out with them when when this pick went down, and we were all a little bit confused. Um, The one thing, I mean, we were talking about this uh, a couple weeks ago, is uh, when we were talking about cornerbacks. I mean, what what's the one thing uh, Kenny had mentioned? Uh, C.J. Henderson, uh, Kane, and I had mentioned uh, Terrell, and we're like, yeah, that's who we're pumped on this and that. And going back and looking at that film, because I didn't want C.J. Henderson, I was pumped when he was gone because mm. he reminded me of Conley. Of uh, of Conley. Mm-hmm. That's why I was like, this guy just does a shoulder hit, and that's all he relies on. Mm. And when I started looking at Damon Arnett's film. Dude, that guy was all over receivers like molasses, bro. Like just just sticky all over them, bro. The one thing I hate is, and the one thing that my coach always taught me in defense was when you hit a motherfucker, you wrap your arms around him. You don't just hit him and hope he goes down. You grab him and you try to keep him there. Hopefully somebody comes and you know helps you, you know, take him down if you can't do it yourself. But that's what it's all about is getting those arms around the, the 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 receiver man whoever has the ball and that's what i saw i mean this kid's got a six foot wingspan yeah he's yeah he's he's a, he's a big motherfucker and not only that i mean you were talking about going back to the days of 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 the raiders man what made us great speed kills the attitude i mean dude this kid is a trash talker like big time dude big time trash talker you can talk some shit and that's the raider way right there man we get in your head we fucking if we don't beat you on the field we gonna if we don't beat you on the scoreboard we beat you on the field man and this kid has that attitude man and with the weapons that we've got i'm definitely definitely very pumped the one thing that the downside quote-unquote downside was that he hurt his wrist but if you guys remember last year mad max broke his hand how did he break his hand? Actually, you know, getting out there, doing work. Doing and that's work. what this kid did. He yeah. was playing with a broken wrist, and he was removing people out of the way. That's the one thing that's awesome about defense is that you're able to to, to yank on that jersey. And, I mean, not not from behind, obviously, but, you know, just to to, to move the, the person out of the way. Mm-hmm. And that's the one thing that I noticed, man, is that he has this giant cast with a couple fingers sticking out, mm-hmm. and he's still able to punch a guy in the chest and rip him and get him out of the way. I'm I'm very very much pumped on him. I am so bummed that I did not know about him that much sooner because I'm I'm very excited for for Arnett for damn sure. Uh, I there's a great point about the trash talking an undervalued skill I, I believe of Arnett with him and Abram back there talking smack. That secondary is going to be loud and they're going to be in your face. Uh, yeah. You know, he's drawn comparisons to uh, keep to for his attitude and his physical play style. So you got a guy like that, that that's not tainted with the, with the enemies of the pillaging and the silver and black. So it's nice to have a guy drawing those comparisons without actually having that guy. So the asshole is now born with us and is pedigreed <laughs> by us. And we will own that. We will own that to the very end. Um, Chay- I wonder if there's any uh, papers written on that. I don't any, know. But you were talking about papers on 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 the home 
but on the home turf, I wonder if there's any papers on on trash talk and see if that actually make a difference. Yeah, that, it, I, I'm sure it does. I'm sure psychologically it does. Uh, che, let's go to you. You haven't gone second yet. Damon Arnett, what are your thoughts? What, what, do, what do you like about this pick? What do you don't like about this pick? Third. I'm, I'm going third right now. Bobby, oh, third, yeah. Third, sorry. <laughs> no, it, I count myself so as a zero man, all the time. Um, you should know I have no self-esteem, Che. <laughs> Man, you're too humble, bro. You're too humble. Um, now, so I actually had this conversation. I was talking with one of my boys, um, and he was saying, like, we were talking about the Arnett pick, and I was trying to tell him, I was like, you know what, man, look at him and, and look at his film, and um, you're gonna start feeling a lot better about this. And he's like, you, you were, you were, you were kind of, you kind of thrown off in the live feed. And I was like, yeah, we were all kind of thrown off because he wasn't somebody that was on our board at all, you know. I hadn't I hadn't seen him. I hadn't heard his name, and and we didn't have him listed as one of the guys that we were trying to that we were trying to see our team pick. And I mean, hey, we're everyday people, man. We're just regular guys, right? We're not Mike Mayock and John Gruden, who live and eat and breathe and shit football twenty four seven. It'd be nice to be able to just do that. But we got day jobs. Um, <laughs> but the first thing that jumps off the fucking film with this guy is he's a physical press corner, right? When he's in press coverage, he gets his hands on people. He redirects receivers. And he's pretty consistent with his punch right off the line, right off the get, right? But you also see that he doesn't necessarily – He's not necessarily just a press corner. He he likes to be off the ball as well. Um, and I think he uses both that ability to punch people, right? That that strong stiff arm and the ability to sit off off the ball to stay on top of receivers, on top of their routes a lot of times. What I saw is consistent him consistently being over the top of the receiver, or if he is getting you know, if he is a little bit behind, he's on He's on the hip consistently, right? Uh, now, we know that he doesn't have blazing speed, okay? Dude ran a 4.56 at the combine, okay? And he ran that twice. He ran that twice. His his first one and his second run, exactly the same, okay? At least he's consistent, right? But he ran that shit twice, so we know he doesn't have blazing top speed. He isn't going to, like, miraculously, you know, it's not going to be a miracle he ran a 4.4 or a 4.3 all of a sudden. No. That's his speed. He he is he is a, a middle of the road uh, in terms of, of speed at the cornerback, shall we say? I, I wouldn't say he's slow, but he's definitely not fast, right? right. He's not right. the one of the faster guys. He's like a four six five, um, four so, five six, four five six. Yeah, I think. four five six. Yeah, four five six. So if the dude gets beat, if he is trailing behind, he does struggle to get back into the play in terms of like getting over the top of the receiver again, right? That doesn't mean that the dude's not still there battling. The dude will be trailing. He's 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 trying to get back on the hip of the receiver. And multiple times I've seen guys attack him over the top and he's punching at the hands. And he doesn't always knock the ball away, but the consistently and always fighting the hands and always going after the hands to try to make sure, try to get that ball loose, try to cause a fumble, try to even when he's tackling, like like Bobby was saying, like this dude wraps, 
but he's not just rapping. He's conscious of where the ball is, where the receiver's hands are. He's swiping at the ball, and multiple times on the film, you see this guy create turnovers. Um, so even when the dude, what, even when he gives up a reception, it's not game over. It's not play over with this guy. And, and that's what I really like about him. Um, his physicality, his willingness to be to to use his strengths, right? His uh, his he's just intelligent, man. He does, he he makes up for the lack of speed in his instinct. He's able to 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 recognize routes right away, and like you said, he he recognizes when something's not going to work. He's able to see like, oh, okay, yeah, this is my guy, but this isn't where the ball's going necessarily, and he'll break off and come and help off on another receiver when he sees that that's necessary. So I really, really like that about the guy. Um, the other thing is he he, he looks like a, a, another character dude, right? The guy is another high-character guy that we're adding to this team, coming from another top-level program. Okay, Ohio State, by many – in if not for the Clemson quarterback and, and the weapons that Clemson had, they could have been in the championship game, and who knows what happens against LSU. Mm-hmm. That's – that's a different game, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, they very well could have been the number one team in the country, right? They fell short. They had they jumped out to a big lead. Um, these are th- three uh, teams, okay, in Clemson, in Ohio State, in uh, LSU, uh, and Alabama, four teams, I should say, that if you go there, you know you're going to get quality players. You've got NFL talent. It's almost consistent. It's consistent year-round, mm-hmm. right? So – when, when you look at Mayak and what Mayak and, and Gruden did with these guys and they're looking at these teams, they're like, okay, these are the elite teams. These are the guys with the NFL talent. And it's not a shock when you think of it that way that they went and they found Arnett because they were probably there studying Ohio State up and down from the first player to the last player on the team to see what else is here. And that's what that's what we we should be asking our coaches and our, and our general manager to do, right? right. Do your due diligence – know about every guy that's on this team. Um, so I'm, I'm really happy about it. Um, and, and I'm, I'm hoping that he is day one starter, man. And he sits on opposite side of Mullen and, um, and we get, we get the, the, the lockdown corners that we need, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, shout out to Lou, to Mr. Sanus. I see what you're trying to do <clears throat> there. Thanks for the donation. Todd, 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 Why? Todd, Todd. Uh, I'm on empty just, right just, just to chase point uh, before I got out of the way here for Kane, um, Arnett, four-year starter in OSU. You know, a lot of these guys you look at that we drafted started every single year in college. So, again, speaks for their leadership and their ability to step up and play when the, when the time comes. Kane, your thoughts on the Damon Arnett pick? I know you were really upset about this when it happened. Have you warmed up to it at all? Are you still where you were? Uh, what are your thoughts on it now a couple days later? Uh, well, after, you know, being pissed off, I went and kind of did some research and looked at some film. And I, what I noticed was uh, this guy was was shadowed, was overshadowed by uh, Denzel Ward. Uh, you know, he played with Conley, obviously, and then Okuda. So he, he's been uh, he's been tested quite a bit in his college career. You know, teams have challenged him throughout his whole career. And what I noticed is he's he has a nose for the ball. 
Uh, he, he finds his way to the football and, and he makes, he creates plays like Chase said, excuse me. Also his physicality again, like everybody else has said, he's, he's opposite of Conley. He'll play the run. He'll come up and make a tackle if a receiver catches a pass, you know, uh, it, it, he's, he's the full package. He's the full package. And, um, I gotta, I gotta, I, I gotta go back and say I was wrong in my in my assumption of him and saying that we should have taken digs over him after watching the film. This this guy is tough, and he has made a lot of plays. I mean, a lot. You gotta imagine if you have if you're not the best cornerback on the team as far as you got who you got playing opposite of you. Quarterbacks are gonna. You know, te- teams are going to come your way, running, passing, whatever. You're going to get challenged quite often. And he stood up to that challenge. And he was very cocky about it because he knew that he was the guy that gets picked on. You know, and every time he, he stood up for it. I watched the film. Like I said, he got a nose. He get, he's, he's not afraid to make tackles, you know. So uh, I, I can't really add much more than what these fellas already said, man. I, I like the pick. And uh, I think he is a day one starter. He's he's probably again, and this sucks for for him, I guess. But he's probably the second best corner on the team outside of Mullen right now. Mm-hmm. So uh, hopefully, with that being said, the challenges that come his way because they probably will figure out that Mullen is a shut down corner. So he'll get the he'll get a lot of the, the challenges. He'll stand up to him in the NFL, too, mm-hmm. and show us why he was the number 19 pick. Yeah, and makes us stouter in the run game, so I, I like it, too. Uh, why don't you lead us off with the grades, Kane, since you just you finished speaking. Why don't you give this pick a grade? I'm, I'm going to say he's a, a, a B-minus. All right. I'm going to say it's a B-minus pick because we haven't seen him play yet in oh. the NFL. Okay. So I can't give him an A grade. I'm going to say it's a B-minus. Okay. Uh, Bobby, you want to give this a grade? I'll give him a A minus because there's always room to improve. Um, and the reason why I'm so high, giving him such a high grade is because of that, man. Just because of his ability to wrap his arms around the, the, the ball carrier and to stop them or bring them down. So, okay. I mean, there's a couple of things he could work on, but that's, yeah, A minus. Okay. Jay. Chase on mute. There you go. Yeah, yeah. No, I unmuted myself. He Sorry. Knew. He knew. Um, I just didn't want to make make noise while other people were talking, though. Um, if, if as far as my grade goes, man, I think I think a B, a B plus is is a uh, is a fair grade because as as you said and um and as Kane said, this guy was overshadowed. He was overshadowed by other talent, top talent, top tier talent, right? Guys with the high end speed and all that kind of stuff, right? Guys that were a little bit more. Uh, maybe they jumped out more on the film because of their speed, their ability to like stay on the hip of, of fast receivers and whatnot. Um, but consistency is what this guy brought. So I think a consistent grade is a B plus, man. A B B plus. That's a good. Mm-hmm. It's a good grade for for a guy with consistency. I really like this 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 pick. Um, the Raiders now with with Johnson, Mullen, and and now Arnett. Three very young, very stout, very solid corners rounding out the secondary, which has been a leaky sieve for so, so long, bringing back again that tradition and that legend of Raiders cornerbacks. 
Um, I really like this pick. I wanted to give him an A, but I can't. I got to give him a B plus. I'm going to go along with uh, with with, with Che and, and Kane here in the B range, and I'm going to give him a B. And the reason why is he could have been had later. The hard part about that is they they tried to trade back and they couldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So it's it's really of no fault of their own. So I probably would have gone lower if I if I knew they could have got him later, but it wasn't going to happen. But I'm happy with the B plus, and, and hopefully this guy grades out as as an A, you know, by season's end. So we'll see we'll see on that. But it's a solid solid B plus. I'm very happy with this pick. So let's move on here. Lynn Bowden Jr. just. Win just win Bowden. That's what I'm going to call him. Just win Bowden, because um, his, his his first initials an L, but this guy carries no L's, just W's, baby. So just <laughs> win Bowden. W Y N N. Uh, get on it, Johnny. <laughs> get on it, One Nation. Uh, Bobby, why don't you lead us off here? You haven't let us off yet. Why don't you break down Lynn Bowden Jr. and then we're going to go to Che because Che very very sneaky. Che called this pick uh, just a week ago. So, Bobby, why don't you lead us off here, man? Um, another player that I was actually uh, very surprised and happy that we had. Um, I did not have him at all on any of my draft boards at all whatsoever. Not even on my on on my radar. But hearing what he can do and hearing the type of character that he has, I definitely enjoyed it. That's the one thing I sh- I also forgot to mention at the top of all this is that that's the number one thing that I saw besides the great character is that everyone was happy to be part of the nation. Mm-hmm. How many right. picks did you guys not notice where people were just like, ah, oh, cool. I'm going to Miami. <laughs> <laughs> you blame them. You blame I'm, I'm going to, Cle- I'm going to Cleveland. You know, like, like, like there was a lot of that. Damn. I swear, like from the, from the first cat to the last cat that we chose, Everybody was happy to be part of the Raider Nation, right? And that's the one thing that I saw as well because this young man has definitely gone through a lot. The only negative thing, quote-unquote, negative thing that he had going against him in his whole college career was that he got a little hot under the collar and maybe punched a defensive uh, tackle, I think it was, from Virginia Tech. Mm -hmm. But that's because, you know, they were, you know, going back and forth quite a lot. And, you know, big dude thought he can, you know, run up on on a small receiver or uh, running back type of cat. And he he wasn't afraid, man. So there's that attitude again, man, that about about that. He's definitely got that, that fight in him, but... He's disciplined enough to actually be a captain. That's the one thing yep. that he was a team captain last year. Yep. Yeah. And not only that too, but Mayock was talking about how Russ is going to be our our kick returner, Bowden's going to be our punt returner. And man, Swiss Swiss Army knife, dude. That's for damn sure, dude. Punt returner, uh, QB, wide receiver, running back. From what I heard, is that most likely he's going to be concentrating on running back because that's a lot of the work that he was doing. But there's options right there, man. I mean, Kenny, you and I were talking about how, you know, there's there's no excuses now for for Gruden that he I mean, he's always talking about all these trick plays that he's got and all this crazy stuff. And every now and again, rarely will we see, you know, a wildcat or something like that. It's, you know, those reverse sweeps It's like now we actually got the weapons that could actually have the wheels for that, that actually have the tenacity for that, that could actually hit somebody out of the way. And so I. I definitely 
definitely am pumped out that we got this kid right here for sure, man. Swiss Army knife. Awesome. Bam. Awesome. Uh, che, man, what, what did you feel about this? I know I know you got put up on Lim Bowden by, by the, the, the leader of our crack scout team, Bionic yeah. Raider. Shout out to Bionic yeah. Raider. Uh, make sure you follow him. G- got great taste in music as well. But Chase, speak follow on this, him. man. Speak on this. Yeah, follow him at, at Raider Bionic. Yeah, our boy, you know, as soon as draft season comes around, our boy likes to get get all in the DMs and be like, hey, have you, t- have you seen this guy? Have you mm-hmm. seen this guy? And um, so we, we had ourselves a little chat. And I, what I mentioned to him was that I felt like this team needed that gadget player, that Swiss Army knife, if you will, uh, and this was after watching a playoff game in New Orleans playoff game, right? Of uh, and of course we already knew about uh, you know, about their guy that they were using quarterback slash receiver slash running back, and I was like, I feel like this is what Gruden's offense needs—a guy that can can add a little mystery as to what it is that you're going to do. All of a sudden, this guy comes in. And and you're not sure if you're gonna run the ball, throw the ball, if he's gonna throw, if he's if he's gonna be a receiver for you. He comes in and he adds this 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 uh this degree of like, well, shit. Okay, this guy could pretty much do everything. So what the fuck? What the fuck should we? Should, what what should we call on defense? Right? Yeah. And um and so I started to look at some guys, and the first guy that I looked at was a, a Navy quarterback. Um, who um, yeah, played kind of wildcat, yeah, yeah, wildcat style offense. He ran the ball a lot and he threw the ball. And um, and um, when I put that name out there to him, he replied, he says, I'll check out Lynn Bowden. So I did. And I was like, oh, shit, yeah. This guy's basically the same dude. And I don't know, maybe he's a little faster. So Lynn Bowden, man, unofficially, right? Unofficially because he didn't run a 40 at the combine. He's 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 unofficially timed at four three eight. Wow, that's from his coaching staff. Yeah. Um. So four three eight. Now that could be you know a little fudged because they're trying to get him drafted. But all you gotta do is turn on the film and see that this dude's speed is real because he's consistently running away from defenders. This guy's always running away from defenders. Um. And the dude I just described him as an elite athlete. Okay. Elite athlete. Yeah, he's not very tall. He's 5'11", 204, but he, he he has just a natural ability to break tackles. And it's all done with his like little bit – like he just has this natural bounce and agility and vision that allows him to just subtly move out of that, that range of, of being tackled. He just kind of shifts his weight and shifts around a little bit. And all of a sudden, you know, before you know it, <laughs> yeah, Bobby. <laughs> Before you know it, the tacklers like missed missed him or just gone right by him, right? Um, the dude's competitive. If you watch the film, he's constantly talking to people. He's in their faces. He's like, "Fuck that!" He's he's competitive. He's cocky. I like that. I like that. I want I want somebody that's confident in themselves that believes that they're one of the best players, if not the best player on the field at all times. Okay, because that's going to tell me that you're going to go out there to try to prove it every day that you are that guy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he has good balance, man. And and just like we talked about playmakers, this guy's yak ability is there, okay? The cons that I have down for the guy, okay, because the dude put up monster numbers. You look at his, his stats, 185 rushes for 1,468 yards last year, 
right? Seven yards per rush, 7.9 yards, almost eight yards per rush. You got 13 TDs, and then he added 30 receptions, 348 receiving yards to that, okay, and a TD there. So the dude, and he was throwing touchdowns, yeah? Not often, but he did. Um, the dude put stats, 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 right? But the con is that he was doing it out of a wildcat offense. So the ball was in his hands at all times, right? All the decision-making was on him. And so it's very difficult to gauge what he will be like as a running back, right? Because you don't see him in a running back set, okay? Um, so that's my question. That's where I, well, that's where I say, look, yes, this dude put up big numbers. Yes, he's a playmaker. But what does he look like where he's actually in a, a running back set when he comes in the game and Derek Carr's QB and he's running back, right? Um, now, will Carr throw him in there as a quarterback and run the Wildcat? Possibly. And that I think he's a champion at, right? This guy is excellent, excellent for that. But I have yet to see him take a snap where he's in the backfield and running as a running back, right? But – other than that, outside of that, the dude just – he has the natural running back abilities, man. His agility, his vision, his bounce, all that stuff that I said, it's there. It's there. So I'm excited to see what he looks like. I'm not – it's not that I'm I'm saying that he's not going to be a good running back. I'm just not sure because we haven't seen it. All right. All right. Fair enough. Kane, you're up next, man. Lynn Bowden Jr., talk about it. How do you feel about this pick, man? Kane's on mute right now. He's got to he's got to turn his mute off. Yeah, I was excited about the pick. Um, <clears throat> Taysom Hill comparisons uh, I've seen uh, out there. It, it, you know, this this is a guy that you're going to have to be uh, innovative on uh, your play calling on how you use him in your offense to get the effectiveness of what he can do good. And uh, when I when I say this, I go back to when Hugh Jackson was the coach and he would go up to players and ask them what they like to do best and then design plays for those players to be successful. Uh, I think this is one of those one of those guys where Gruden is going. This is going to be all on him. This guy is talented. He can make plays like Chase did. From the from, I'm not sure from a running back position, but the 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 jet sweep, you know, uh, maybe the wildcat. If, if <clears throat> Gruden, you know, decides he wants to get a little bit more creative with his boring ass offense, <laughs> um, you know, this, this this guy can do it all. He can play wide receiver. I think they're gonna try him a little bit at running back, you know. So this is one of those things. Like I said, it's on coaching. He he's got all the tools. He can he can make plays on the field. How you use him is going to be how how effective he is in the NFL. If you can be a, a you know a Sean Payton and use him like a Taysom Hill, you might get that effective play out of him. If you try to make him into something that he hasn't you know that he's not going to give you his full benefit of what he can do, you won't see it. So I'm a little bit. Uh, when, when I look at this pick, I'm a little bit taken aback because this is not a John Gruden 
you know, he's not innovative like that. He doesn't play to the strengths of the players. He forces them to learn his system and play his way. So is he going to adjust and get his guy a chance to flourish, or are we just going to see him get buried on the depth chart? Mm. That's how I look at this 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 pick. I hope I hope so, Kane. I really hope so because I think this kid's a diamond in the rough. When I say rough, I mean really rough. Uh, there's a really good article that was posted on NFL.com about Bowden's history and him growing up in Lexington. I'm actually going to drop that in the YouTube chat now. I'll try to remember to put that in the description of the podcast as well for the, those of you guys listening back. You can check the description on your your app, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, what have you. Um, but if not, go, go look for this. Um, it talks about him growing up. I mean, this kid... Bought his first gun when he was 10 years old. Not because he wanted to do dirt, because he felt like he had to. That's how rough things were around him. When he was nine years old, he saw his best friend, one of his best friends, murdered uh, on the playing field after practice in front of a four-year-old cheerleader. This is a rough town this kid came from. He's covered in ink. Uh, The reason being, it's all memorials. The people that he's had and lost in his life, milestones that he's had in his life, Lynn Bowden's been through it. This kid, adversity, is no stranger to him. And I think that makes him a Raider first and foremost because to be a Raider, you have to be up against everybody being against you. And you got to be able to fight through that. That's that's the definition of being a Raider in the NFL, I believe, is can you fight through it? Do you have the mental toughness to take all the shit the NFL is going to throw at you and still finish at the end of the day? You know, these guys have covered all of his skill sets and his, and, his, and his route running and his speed and his versatility and all that, but really pay attention to his character and what he's been through uh, because depending on who you talk to, you're going to get a different perspective of this kid and what he's gone through. But, you know, when you come out of tough, gritty situations, it produces tough, gritty people and individuals. But look at him now. You know, he's risen to become a third-round draft pick, and he came out of Kentucky, you know, When's the last time you heard of Kentucky in a football uh, frame uh, context? Kentucky's got a great basketball team, always has. But football? No. So go back and look at his numbers. I think he ran for 1,400 yards last year on 185 carries. 7.9-yard average as a running back. Uh, The kid can't play all three positions. Not a stellar quarterback, but knows what play to make. He's not going to burn you with his arm, you know, but he can get in there. What I want to see from him as a player, and really, again, the, like Kane was saying, the wrinkles he, he may add to this, this offense is will Lynn Bowden be the skeleton key that opens up this treasure chest of offensive playmaking that John Gruden has been privy to for the last 10 years? Can this guy be the key that unlocks that chest? The other part of this is back when, the, when John Gruden was coaching the Raiders in the, in the 90s and early 2000s, is uh, that a play called Charlie? And you might have heard Gannon yelling Charlie after a big play. So th- the whole concept being is you 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 gash a team for big yards. You get a you get a twenty five yard chunk play on a team. You hear Gannon yelling Charlie Charlie running downfield. They go no huddle right. They got five plays scripted under Charlie. The concept being is you just gash them gash them for twenty five. Gash them for another fifteen. Hit them right now while they're down. Now, you got a guy like Lynn Bowden Jr., and you've seen this. Again, everyone's making the comparisons to Taysom Hill. You saw this with Taysom Hill and the New Orleans Saints last year. Taysom Hill lines up as as wide receiver. They get a playoff. 
They go no huddle. There's no chance for substitution. There's no personnel change on the Saints. That puts a lot of pressure on the defense, except now Taysom Hill's lined up at quarterback, and you got Drew Brees broken out at wide receiver. It's wild, right? And you get another five yards out of that. Will we see some of that from this Raiders team? Will we see Charlie come back to the fold? That's what I want to see. I want to see Charlie show back up on the football field this year in, in, in Las Vegas, I should say. They said Oakland. Now, I don't mean that Derek Carr is going to line up as a wide receiver, but here you got a cat that can line up as wide receiver, as running back, and now we're promised Josh Jacobs to have more of a role in the passing game so you can switch them up. You know, somebody in the chat commented their concern is, is when you see Lynn Bowden on the field, you're tipping your cap as to what's going to happen. The play is going to go to Bowden. I don't think Gruden is that predictable when you have a guy like this. I think Gruden understands the versatility and the surprise factor that just when Bowden brings to this team. So can you mix it up like that? Can you put pressure on defenses? Can you bring this no huddle back? Derek Carr flourishes in the no huddle. We've seen that. So, you know, and, and again, I'll just throw this out there as a generality uh, with all the wide receiver talent that we got in this draft is will we see Derek Carr return to the shotgun formation that he had so much success with prior to Gruden showing up. Gruden loves his QBs under center but now you have all these weapons. Now you can go for wide if you want to. You could put Waller in the slot if you want to. We saw it last year so can we get Derek Carr a little bit of a buffer there? Get Ruggs that extra time to get downfield. Get Bowden that time to come across the middle. All these little things, all these little wrinkles that the Raiders now should be able to do with the weapons that they have. So I did drop that link in the chat. If you guys have time, bookmark that. Go back and read it. It's a really interesting read on this kid. I really like his story. Go back and look at Josh Jacobs' story. Look at the type of individual, the character that that produced, the the type of adversity that he's faced and he's willing to face and overcome now that he's in the NFL. So that's really big. Um, I like Lynn Bowden Jr. Uh, Like him a lot. Love this. Love this pick. So let's go around. Let's give our grades uh, let's start off with you, Che. Why don't you give him a grade? Uh, Lim Bowden Jr. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give this uh I'm gonna give this a B a B minus just uh just because of uh like I said I, in terms of what I saw um there's a there's still a question of what he looks like in the backfield. I know people in the chat are talking about he looks good. Um, it's just uh it's just about uh you know how how the the offense is going to use him. How Gruden's going to use him? I, I guess that's that's where we're, we're, we're all kind of wondering. Okay. Will he be used in a similar fashion? Will he be used to his strengths? Will he will he not be used properly? We'll we'll wait. And, it's it's a wait and see. But I mean, he's an exciting player regardless. Man, this guy has big play potential all over him. Right. Um, the way that the NFL is trending now with these gadget players. You saw Lamar Jackson was used as that prior to getting the starting nod. Taysom Hill obviously was a big story last year. Uh, I'm going to give this an A-. minus. I think that Lynn Bowden Jr. could be the steal of this draft considering the trend that you're seeing in the NFL. This is the linchpin of this offense, I believe. This kid is the key to really mix, mixing things up and being less predictable. So I'm going to be optimistic here. I'm going to give it an A-. minus. Kane, what grade do you give just Lynn Bowden? <clears throat> I'm gonna give him an A if he's used properly. Mm-hmm. I, again, it's all about how you use him. If you don't use his talents, you won't get his strengths. Mm-hmm. Just how just that's uh, an A. He gets an A. I'm I'm hoping he becomes the guy we thought Cordell Patterson was going to be. That's what I'm hoping. 
is that you know he can he can come in and and be that utilitarian player that can move around a little bit. But um, that's the I'm, I'm liking him to Percy Harvin. Oh, that's good. That's good. I like that. Uh, Bobby, why don't you weigh in with a grade here? I'm about to go ahead and uh, give Bowden a B. A B. Uh, the reason why is because he definitely has a lot more work that he could uh, do as far as a wide receiver. There was a lot of criticism. Okay. A lot of people were saying that he should have stayed his senior year so that he could have worked on his wide receiver game. But the way it looks like he's more of a running back than a wide receiver. It's just good to have that option, though. It's yeah. good to be able to catch that ball in the backfield and try to run up the way we have uh, with Richard, the way we mm-hmm. are going to have with Jacobs as well. Mm-hmm. And um, I just make one more point before I move on here. Cause you reminded me, you know, the fact that he is going to be used as a running back, the fact that John acknowledged that Jacobs needs a breather and we can't put everything on Josh Jacobs. And we said, you know, last week going into this draft, we need a running back. I wanted Jonathan Taylor of Wisconsin. You guys had some other names that you threw out there. Those guys were off the board when we were picking. Um, but we here we get Bowden, so we get a running back and a little bit more. So, again, that kind of factors into my grade, too. I feel like we kind yep. of got a two-for-one here with Bowden. So I really like the pick. Uh, moving on, Kane, I'm going to go to you first. Um, Brian Edwards, third-round pick, pick number 81. This was back-to-back pick right after Lynn Bowden, a wide receiver out of SC, uh, South Carolina Gamecock, 6'3", 215 pounds. This is your big body wide receiver right here. Kane, how did you feel about the Brian Edwards pick? I had to go back and look at, at uh, I had to do some research on this dude. I hadn't watched much uh, South Carolina football. So, you know, I didn't really see him too much. Um, he's a big guy, possession receiver, uh, you know, should get some playing time, got nice hands, can run the route tree. You know, he's uh, he's got a little bit of work. He's got a little bit of work. Um, you know, he, he, he struggles in press coverage. Um, but, uh, for the most part, you know, for a third round pick, it was solid. It was solid. You know what I'm saying? If he can turn into the guy that can sit behind Tyrell Williams and, and, you know, become that number two guy, you know, opposite of rugs and by the, you know, end of this season or beginning the next year, then, then they hit another home run at the wide receiver position. Mm-hmm. He got hands and big, good body strength and positioning, you know, to catch the ball. So, it, like we said about Ruggs, excuse me, he catches the ball away from his body. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, th- th- this guy, and not only that, he was a leader in South Carolina. These guys are going, he was a leader in his position group. This, These guys are going for everything that they want. They want captains. They want leaders. They want football players. They want guys dedicated to the game. And this guy's dedicated to the game. He's dedicated to his craft. And I'm sure that he's dedicated to getting better. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited about this guy. I, like I said, I hadn't seen much of him. So for the most part, yeah, I'm, it's solid pick, solid pick. I'm going to go next year just because I don't have a whole lot to say, but what I do want to say some things, and I'm going to let you go, Bobby, after that. Uh, Brian Edwards, uh, my cousin, big Gamecocks fan, lives out there in South Carolina. He feels Brian Edwards is better than Henry Ruggs. 
I'm not going to go that far. But again, I don't watch as much college football as my cousin does. I mean, he's a college football fan first and foremost. He gave up on the NFL a long time ago. But hearing him say that gives me a lot of confidence. I got really excited about this pick, even more so after he said that. His ability, like Kane said, to go up and dominate contested catches. If that catch is contested, it's Brian Edwards all day long. 6'3", 215 pounds, nothing else to say. The dude's got glue on his hands to stick him his back ladies and gentlemen. Um, he boxes out like a low-post player. What I have to say about him, this is the red zone target the Raiders have been missing for the last few years. Brian Edwards is catching touchdowns. That's what this kid's going to do. Watch out for him 20 yards and in. Brian Edwards, that's what his job is going to be this year. Catch touchdowns. Be a big body. Get out there for Derek Carr. Wave your hands, do jumping jacks, whatever it takes. Catch that ball. Pull down six points. Brian Edwards, that's your job. Bobby, what do you got? I definitely was very excited when I saw his film. A lot of these cats, a lot of these players, once it starts getting deep into the draft, a lot of us don't really know their names. So it's pretty funny hearing some of these people overreacting and like, oh my God, that was such a reach and blah, blah, blah. Because I'm pretty sure that those were the same people that were saying that Max was, you know, that we overreached on him. And Ranford that we overreached on him. I'm pretty sure those are some of the people as well. So if anything, I I like this cat, man. Just like you said, stick him. It honestly, that's what it looks like, man. It looks like he'll actually put his hands out there, grab that ball, and just just pull it right back into his body, man, to make sure that it stays there, dude. I'm I I like the way he plays physical, man. He was able to hold his own against Alabama, man. We're talking about. A, a team that actually plays in the, in the SEC, one of the more tougher conferences in the whole NCAA. And so definitely to be able to, to be able to keep up with everybody else, not only that, but be a physical player as well. It's awesome. And I can see him as a number two. The one downside of, of him though has been his health. He's had bad knees. I'm not sure if it's the same one, but in high school, he his uh, his high school career ended because of a knee injury. He had to cut his career at in uh, at um, at Southern uh, Carolina because of a bad uh, knee as well. He injured his knee as well, and not only that, leading up to to the combine and training for the combine, he actually ended up breaking his foot. So those are a couple of things that I'm not too too sure about where where where, where that's gonna land him. As far as you know, like how 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 healthy he's going to be when once we start doing tra- uh, practice and whatnot. But I'm excited for what I've seen on film, man. If if he could stay healthy, this guy honestly to me is a steal, dude. That's the only thing that that just worries me is just his health. If he could stay healthy, man. If those knees are cool, if that if if them feet are cool, then honestly, dude, this guy just the way he he can have people draped all over him and still make that catch, still, you know, be able to keep his toes within bounds. I, I like this kid, man. He's, mm-hmm. he's, he's definitely my, my steal of the draft. Love seeing the physicality on both offense and defense with the players they got. Brian Edwards definitely fits that mold. Che, you're up next, man. What do you, what are your thoughts on Brian Edwards? Uh, I think you guys, uh, I think you guys nailed it, man, in, in terms of uh, what you guys have said about him. Obviously this guy doesn't have, that top end speed, he's documented at five, at four, five, three, um, outside of the combine. 
Um, so he doesn't have that burner speed. He's not going to run away from a lot of uh, DBs, um, but he does have size. What I did like about this guy, and uh, I saw, you know, I went, a sh- I went sh- and made sure that I saw enough film on him to see what he looks like on his get off. He actually has pretty quick feet. He has good technique off the line. And he's strong, right? So he'll use his physical his physicality to break off the line, um, which gives him a little bit of space initially, right? It allows him to beat the DB initially. But because he doesn't have that top-end speed, he's not going to stay there for very long. Um, he, uh, he also, uh, you know, he's also just a physical route runner and ball carrier, right? So uh, you saw – I don't know if you guys saw the call – Right, the Raiders have been putting out these little clips of the call to each one of these players that Gruden places in, and he's talking to them. And he's like, "Hey, we got to get you to stop running over people. Okay, we got to get you to like not not hit everybody that's in sight. Okay, like <laughs> let's try to like not have to run people over and walk over them. Okay, like let's let's you know we could take it easy." And he was just laughing and chuckling because I think what he was referring to is like this might be one of the reasons that you're you're finding yourself injured. In, in you know various seasons you're you, you're being too physical now the one thing that that caught my eye when i saw this dude is i i immediately thought jerry porter from a physical build like, mm-hmm. this guy has like a similar physical build jerry porter was a like a big rock guy up. he was six he was about six two as well but you know jerry porter had those arms he had those big shoulders and this guy looks a lot like jerry porter in his build i think jerry porter was a little faster than this guy um, cause he was more of our deep threat back in the days. Right. Um, and this guy's not going to be that, but that's okay. Cause we already got guys that can do that. Okay. Um, the thing that I do think is a, is a con for him is that he, um, he doesn't always dominate 50, 50 balls, uh, with his size and his strength, you would think he'd be able to get a ball over the top and come down with it. The majority of the time, that's not necessarily the case. He has, he has his struggles there. Um, but, the other downside is that he had limited QBs. Okay, his QBs at South Carolina were not NFL talent. Okay, so you're not always going to get the best view of what this guy can do with with a with a quarterback that that can actually get him the ball where he wants it. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of that, he also was. We, I also found that he kind of quit at times. Like there's 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 times where he's just kind of like you know going through the motions. He's not necessarily selling out a play. The ball's going away from him, so he's not really he's not really trying to show show that he's the the number one target in in that possession. Um, and then, of course, what Bobby just talked about was the injuries. Okay, the injuries are are an issue, and that's like something that we got to keep an eye on. Um, as as he mentioned, torn meniscus in 2015. He had arthroscopic surgery uh, early 2019, uh, um, and then he broke his foot in 2020. So. Hopefully he heals up. Okay. Um, obviously he's not, he hasn't been able to do a whole lot in the off season. So you wouldn't think that he's putting too much stress on his foot. Right. But hopefully he's, he's uh, rehabbing as much as he can at home and takes care of it. And then like, like Gruden say, play smarter, right? You're physical, you're big, use that to your, to your, uh, to, you know, to help you not against you. Don't, don't let that be something that, that actually ends up kicking you in the ass later on because you're too physical. Right. Right. Good points. Uh, what I do like about his ability to, to, to make contested catches and catch balls away from his body, you know, without piling on here, but he's going to need that with Derek Carr. You know, Derek Carr shown in the last couple of years, even though slants aren't locks, Derek Carr was a far more accurate quarterback 
Now, I know he's got the great completion percentage. I'm not taking that away from him. But you watch some of these balls going you know, behind Waller and whatnot, guys turning to make catches. These pop fly flutter balls that he throws when he's going deep, which wasn't the case before. It is now. But when you got a guy like Brian Edwards, maybe he can bail some of those out and make those catches when he has to. So, you know, hopefully all of these new weapons inspire some confidence in Carr. And we, we see, you know, a, a surge in ability from him that we know he can make. It's just a matter of, you know, flipping that switch back in his mind to turn it back on again. And, and, I, and I think that's the main criticism that we've seen of Derek Carr. But Brian Edwards, again, another weapon. So let's go around the horn. Back to you, Kane. Uh, what grade would you give Brian Edwards here? Kane's muted right now. Let's go to Bobby. Bobby, I see you got your mic on. What grade would you give Brian Edwards? I'm going to have to give him a B minus. B minus. Uh, it's still up there just because of how well he can hang on to the ball, how well he can you know snatch the ball out of the air, but just because of his health. And I've seen that, uh, that Ice Cold Honky said that that's all fake news about mm-hmm. his injuries. I don't know, Ice Cold, but I'll – have to take your word for it, bro, because mm-hmm. that's your crew, man. That's mm-hmm. your crew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's going to run with them. And again, the arthroscopic surgery—that's that's more of a maintenance thing. That's like cleaning out scar tissue and stuff in the knee, but still something you got to keep your eye on. You know what I mean? Um, Kane, let's go back to you. Got your mic back on. What, what grade do you give Brian Edwards here? Uh, I'm going to say a C plus. He still got some work to do. Third round pick, like Chase said, he gave up on some plays. You know. Um, Still trying to learn how to just just be a polished receiver. You still got a little ways to go, so I'm, I'm gonna go C plus. Okay, Che, what you got? I mean, I, I'm actually gonna give this an A because mm-hmm. of where we took him. Right now, if we we're talking about him going in the second or in the first. Um, you'd probably be giving him a lower grade, but because we took him in the second, I mean, in the third, yeah. Um, and he's, you know, wasn't our first pick in the third, right? We, we went after the, you know, Lynn Bowden. I think it's an A. I think, um, and I've seen that grade around other people too. Like other people are saying, like, this is actually a really good pickup because it's kind of sneaky. This guy, if you look at his play, if you look at his stats, this guy is stacking stats. Like he, he's the all-time leading receiver in South Carolina history, and they had pretty good receivers there over time. So, um He's definitely somebody that you're going to say like this is a this is this might be a steal this might be a steal of the draft just because of what you said size and maybe that that end zone threat that we've been waiting for um, I hope so I hope so we need more of them right we need to get in the end zone a lot more this season um, I'm going to give him an A two for for the same reasons uh, sorry a little distracted here uh, Reggie Raider just said. Uh, Max Crosby posted on Twitter that there is a big announcement coming. Uh, steals my thunder a little bit because I was going to say, I, I was going to say, uh, I don't, I don't think the Raiders are done. I think I think they got something else moving here. I think there's going to be a trade. I think something's going to happen. I don't think they're done quite yet. So, um, all right. So uh, <clears throat> I see you, Che. <laughs> um, so I'm going to give him an A because you saw a run on wide receivers in the second and third, and somehow Brian Edwards is still there. This guy's ability to, to bring back bring down contested balls 
is something that's going to transfer immediately to the NFL. That's a skill set that just sticks around. It's different than diagnosing plays and instincts and stuff, something like that. It's just inherent in physical ability. And with his size and all that, I'm just surprised he fell that far, especially with you know the way the NFL is and with defenses and corners getting faster, better, stronger every year and bigger. Uh, I like this pick a lot. I think this is, like Chase said, a very sneaky pick. So I'm going to give this an A. But let's move on here. It's time to move on. It's the last pick in round three. Uh, this was pick 100, linebacker out of Clemson. Safety, I should say, out of, out of Clemson. Going to play linebacker in, in the NFL. And that's Tanner Muse, six foot two, 230 pounds. And the man still ran a 44140. Um, that's speed, that's size, that's, again, everything it takes to be a Raider. Bobby, why don't you lead this one off? What are your thoughts on Tanner Muse? Honestly, uh, I was confused because uh, like every other pick, like I said, I don't know who he was. Uh had to check his had to check his film. The one thing that I noticed is that he's a big kid, you know, six two, two two seven. Uh hey. it's those tight <laughs> tight hips, man. Shout out to to Jack A from two two seven. It was it was those hips, man. It 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 was just that he was just a little tight, just on the turning around, man. And that's the one thing that I heard is that he's got tight hips. He he he, he definitely had that look when he was doing uh, when he was doing his work as a as a safety. So as a safety, he may not be doing so good. If anything, I heard his his time as a safety is his done. But if anything, he's gonna be concentrating more on the on the linebacker thing. I do like that he's definitely getting a lot of props for being able to cover the tight ends. He can hit. He definitely can lay that wood. And the one thing that I've noticed, man, is that he's got hustle. I think he had, I think it was like a wide receiver that just went past a bunch of other defenders and he just still kept going and ran him down. Like, I think it was like 40 yards or something like that. And he was able to prevent the touchdown, man. So he definitely at least has that hustle in him, man. So I can't, I can't knock him for that, but I, that's that's all I gotta say, man. It's like I I don't really got much much on the cut. Okay. To to criticize him that bad, honestly. Okay. Che, I know the tight hips. Che, I know you got a lot here on Tanner Muse. We we were talking about him in, in the in the text. Um why don't you go in on Tanner Muse and give the folks a little bit of knowledge on him? Yeah, man. So I mean this this dude, okay, we, we saw that he played uh kind of a hybrid, right? He's a safety slash linebacker for Clemson. Um, 6'2", 227 pounds. I think they listed him uh, as far as the uh, draft as 230, so he's already put on some weight. Um, and his frame, if you if you saw him at the combine, the dude looked massive in comparison to the other safeties that were on the field. Mm-hmm. He looked massive. Mm-hmm. So it tells you that this dude's going to be able to put more weight on. And when you saw Gruden give him the call, he said, you ready to play linebacker for me? Because that's exactly what the fuck they're going to do. They're going to make this dude a linebacker. And so what we were talking about is, as a safety, he the dude doesn't really have the the fluidity in his hips. He doesn't have that quick, easy movement that other DBs have. He, he doesn't have that. He's real stiff. But he's, like, so athletic and, and he's so fast for his fucking size that he makes up for a lot of that. He makes up for a lot of that. If, if, if you saw – if you see his game film – if there's a ball coming going down the field, he doesn't. He looks, he looks like a buff ass dude, 
like a, you would, would you would imagine a buff ass dude running like right somebody just like kind of stiff and kind of robotic but he gets from point a to point b and if he if you saw his 40 he looked exactly like that and then all of a sudden they're like damn look at this guy and then they see his 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 time come in four four one okay <laughs> he's officially clocked at four four one range okay so yeah he's got mad range okay so you put that you couple that with size and you say okay add another I don't know, 5'10", maybe even 15 pounds to this dude. And he's covering tight ends and 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 hovering around the middle. This is a dangerous dude. And, and that's why a lot of, that's why a lot of people are saying this guy might have been the steal. Like the Raiders might have stolen one real quick here in the fourth. Coming up, they traded back in and they got Tanner Muse at 100 in the fourth. Uh, what was third. that? that the third, third round. In the, yeah. In last the pick round. in the third, in, right? Last, last pick. pick last. Yeah. Right, right. Last pick of the third round. So, uh, yeah, man, I, I really, I really, um, I really like the kid. Once you start to consider that this guy isn't going to stay safety, okay? If you saw his film at Clemson playing safety, what I didn't like is that he looked a little lost in coverage. He, lo- he looked a little, he like he wasn't sure of himself in the zone too often, um, and and sometimes that led to him taking some bad angles or getting kind of lost in in the mix, right? Um, but as a linebacker, I think those things are going to start to kind of go out the window because he's not going to be playing that deep half of the field. He's going to be in the middle. He's going to be more in the mix, and he's going to be able to react to the stuff that's going on right in front of him in the on the line. Um, so I'm excited, man. I'm excited to see this guy, um, and I really, really, I'm really hopeful that he pans out, mm-hmm. man. But four four one for a dude six two two thirty, bro. Ooh. Shit. That's a beast right there. <laughs> it is. It is. That's a beast. Kane, coming to you, man. Tanner Muse, anything you got to say? Big physical giant on the field. He looked like a bull, a man amongst boys mm-hmm. in that back in that defensive backfield. Uh, like you said, he doesn't have the fluidity that a safety would need to have in the NFL. When he's running, he looks like a a big, slow, fast giant. Um, you know what I'm saying? Somebody that's getting there, but they getting there because they physicality, not because of their fluidity. Um, he's going to work out as a linebacker, but he's going to be a solid special teams guy. Solid. Bring. He's going to bring some energy to that special teams, some much-needed energy. That This is the guy that's going to run downfield, and make that big hit and fire the team up, you know. Um, that's what he's going to do to start out. I don't see him, uh, you know, he may be the steal of the draft, mm-hmm. but these these coaches that we have, they don't – they like veterans. So he probably won't start, but he can learn as, as the season goes on. I'll see him get a little bit more playing time here and there. And definitely if an injury happens to the linebacking corps, He'd be one of the guys that you might see a little bit more of uh, out there. Yeah, so solid pick, solid pick. Yeah, I mean, this guy, this is the Al Davis pick, right? This is the one that nobody was checking for. You got size and you got speed, the two things you can't teach, the two things the Raiders covet all in one player. So uh, we were all talking earlier, you know, while he's not fluid enough to play safety, some of that fluidity that he did pick up as a safety – 
You know, now he's now he's a more fluid as a linebacker. So while not fluid enough to play safety, fluid enough to play linebacker. But the one guy that's extremely happy about this signing has got to be Ralph Passaccia because he's a day one starter on special teams. Don't overlook that. This guy's ability to get downfield and lay a wallop on 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 punt returns or kick returns that that's huge. That's really big for us because field position is something we were, we were not doing well at. Again, another Clemson pick. You might as well call Mike Mayock the new Tiger King. You know, I'll tell you what, man. There's a new Tiger King in town, huh? <laughs> yeah. Uh, another Clemson player. Ice Cold Honky put, pulling it out. Uh, you know, uh, Clemson might, might, might as well move to Las Vegas. But uh yeah, we're we're seeing that trend. I mean, they fell in love with Clemson last year, but Clemson's one of those teams. They're the hot team in, in college right now and, and and players coming out of there got yeah, a NFL business college. Yeah, they are. They they are. They are a machine for now. You know, we'll see how that how that goes, but yeah. Yeah. I like that size and I like that speed and I like the way he hits. Very aggressive tackler that plays downhill. Uh, Tanner Muse, you're going to see this guy jump off the film and special teams to start. He's going to be rotational in the defense. We'll see when he finally cracks his defense, like for sure, if that happens. But I'm, I'm just excited on his, his special teams ability, uh, at the very least, because special teams is generally where the bottom of your roster comes from. So when you could draft a guy that has the skill set that could potentially transfer to the defense, but immediately make an impact on the special teams, now you got a leg up on other teams because that's generally, like I said, where the rest of your players end up. But this team is starting to get the kind of depth it needs where from top to bottom, you're not seeing a lot of scrubs. You're seeing developmental players towards the bottom, not guys that you just can't find another position for. So that's what I really like about Tanner Muse is he has an instant injection to the special teams right here. You're going to see a difference show up on punts and kick returns. Don't go to the bathroom during punts and kick returns. You might miss a big hit. Tanner Muse, welcome to the nation, man. Silver and black is going to look good on you so let's give our grades bobby give this give this pick a grade i'm gonna have to uh, give tanner muse a uh a b minus uh, why just because i don't have a lot of information on him but i know that he can hit he does have the hustle and if he does transition over to, uh, on a regular time basis to the defense he could definitely be that weapon that we need to harass the tight ends that have been a constant plague for us for quite some time. He will definitely be able to to get something done. So B B minus. B minus. Noted. Uh really quick, Danny Dub asked if that means Gruden is is the new Joe Exotic. Uh maybe. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. All right. B minus from Bobby. I'm gonna go ahead and give this one. I'm gonna give it a um some people aren't going to like this because I know Tanner Muse has some fans out there. I'm going to give this a C plus just because I feel like they could have got this pick a little bit later. Uh, but I don't know. I'm looking at the fourth round too, and I like the way that shook out. So, you know, I'm going to give it a C plus for now because I think he's the first player off the board that does not project as an instant starter. And that's where the C plus is coming from. But that's no knock on Muse. I'm very excited to see him play. Uh, Kane, why don't you give him a grade? I'm going to say for what he was drafted to do for this team, uh, normally when you draft players in the fourth and fifth round or closer, you know, those later rounds, they're special teams guys. They drafted this guy to be start off as a special teams 
beast. Mm-hmm. And I think that he will be that. So with that being said, I'm going to give him an A. All right. Okay. Because that's why they drafted him. I like that. To be a special teams player. Fair enough. Not a, not a starting linebacker. Fair Man. enough. Fair enough. Che, round this out with your grade. What do you got? We got an A. We got a B minus. We got a C plus. We're all over the board here. Give us some consistency. Where you got? Uh, I think I'm going to go with with a B. I think I'm going to go with a B for where they took him. Right? They didn't they didn't like take him with the the first pick in the third round, right? Mm-hmm. But they appreciated what they had, what he had, what he was bringing to the table enough to say we should not wait to the fourth, right? Um, and I think Gruden talk, Gruden and Mayock both talked about that. They they kind of said like. This is a guy that we were excited about and that we wanted to make sure was was uh, we we ended up getting. So we, we wanted to make sure that we didn't wait too long. We didn't think he would last that long. Um, and especially when you're taking into consideration what we said, that they're not considering this guy playing safety. They're mm-hmm. considering this guy as a linebacker. Mm-hmm. And I think what they thought was how many other teams are thinking the same thing with this kid. This kid is gigantic. Right, and he has an amazing speed. There's a lot of upside to this guy. There's a lot of upside to this guy. We're talking about him being a, a special teams guy, and and you know not being drafted to be the number one starting linebacker from day one. Right. But the potential and and the the ceiling on this kid is that he can be that. There's a possibility that he becomes that, and who knows how soon. But there's a very very high possibility that this guy is eventually one of our starting linebackers and a good one at that. Um, and hopefully being the shit out of Travis Kelsey. Yeah. I would like <laughs> yeah. To- I would like to see that too. So give me the grade one more time. I- I'm going to give him a B. I'm going to give him a B. B. Very nice. Very, very nice. All right. So let's move on here. We got two more picks, two picks. I'm still very excited about. Uh, this is a guy that I called last week. We were doing our mid round sleepers and I said, watch out for John Simpson guard out of Clemson. Uh, picked in the fourth round, pick 109. Again, a cluster of picks coming very close together here. Uh, I expected us to trade back. We ended up trading up to get this pick. Uh, I believe this came with, was this a trade with New England or Detroit? New England. New England, right? Yeah. 6'5", 330 pounds. When John Gruden got to, to Oakland, he said he wanted to get bigger. He hasn't stopped. We got bigger. So now you got... You know, a mix of guys up front. We we signed several guards in the offseason. Now John Simpson comes in there. He gets a chance to develop. You know, those of you that were Bobby just switched up again. Bobby keeps switching up on me every time I look down. <laughs> look at Bobby, maybe switching up, switching up I just flavors. Noticed that. <laughs> switching up flavors. That's actually, the uh, uh, Zoom actually has a uh, a thing there where you could actually hit the button and it gives you different backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And I just hit the Raider background. So it's just <laughs> uh, there you go. <laughs> Uh, I, I like John Simpson. Big, powerful guard. Plays well at the second level. Don't, don't try to, don't try to engage this guy in space. You're gonna get ran the fuck over. John Simpson's a big dude. Uh, again, he he provides some relief. You know, you don't have to rely on on, on Brandon Parker coming in now. A guy that I was hopeful for uh, didn't turn out that way. Again, he's still developing too. But I like John Simpson. Six five, three hundred thirty pounds. You can't teach that. Uh, country strong, strong hands, strength oh, around wow. through his whole frame, and the guy's a straight out bully. 
I mean, he bullies people. He just throws people around, manhandles people. Uh, heavy feet, give him a little bit of trouble in, in the outside run game. Good for him because Josh Jacobs doesn't like to run outside. He likes to hit you in the face too. So John Simpson and Josh Jacobs are going to be good friends, I feel like. He played on the left side in college. That doesn't mean shit in the NFL under Tom Cable. You can play left or right. I'm, I'm fairly certain they're going to get this guy ready to move back and forth. Um, should provide, again, a more reliable safety net on the interior line. You can't go into the NFL like we did in 2019 and 2018 without enough backups on the offensive line. These guys are going to get nicked up. Not everybody's a Rodney Hudson that's going to play through just everything that comes at you. Rodney Hudson's a tank. He's a specimen. He's an exception to the rule. He's the strongest guy and probably the smartest guy in the NFL, in my opinion. Um, mobility, again, less of a concern to the Raiders' propensity for the inside run. And it continues the trend of big, strong, violent linemen that the Raiders covet. So I love this pick, John Simpson. I was asking for him. I got him. That's three of these picks that this crew right here told you we were going to land in the last two weeks. So I know we like to joke around. We like to drink. We like to smoke. You guys see that? You come here for a good time. But that doesn't mean we don't know what we're doing. Yeah, I'm tooting my own horn. Hell yeah, I am. We know what we're doing over here. And this isn't the first time we've done this, too. Draft after draft after draft. We've been nailing these things, man. I don't know if it's just luck or just our gut feeling, you know, because we're not not all avid college football watchers, man. Uh, I mean, we all got families and, and girlfriends and shit. So we, we can't justify two days of football. We'll get our asses handed to us, man. We got daddy do lists and stuff to do as well. So, yeah, you know, we do yeah, the best yeah. we can. We do our research. But a lot of it is just watching this team for so many years and understanding what the culture and tradition and where they want to go. You don't have to watch hours and hours of college tape to nail these picks. You have to understand the mind of your front office and your coaching staff and what they want and what they covet and follow that. It's not about what you want. It's about what they want all right raider nation just remember that it's not about what you want it's about what they want okay so uh john simpson that's what i got on him i really like it uh who do we go to che let's go to you man john simpson Samson simpson <laughs> yeah i was hoping you'd do that <laughs> yeah right near the beach boy <laughs> right near the beach yo <laughs> No, man, listen, uh, John Simpson, man, um, you go to the film and you look at him and you say, okay, I understand why they were so, like, anxious to get this guy. He's a big mofo, right? 6'4", 320-something pounds, uh, maybe a little bit more. If you look at his body, if you look at the film, you say, that guy weighs 320 pounds? He looks like he's a little bit bigger than 320 pounds. Kind of like how they used to fudge uh, Shaq's weight in in, in the NBA. He used to say, like, (laughs) Oh yeah, he's three fifteen. <laughs> yeah, sure, he's three fifteen, man. Seven <laughs> one and fucking three fifteen. Sure, uh, but uh, but the dude, uh, he's a beast, man. Uh, physicality is not a stranger to this guy. Okay, he likes to put them man boobs all <laughs> up on people, bro. And he likes some pancake motherfuckers. He likes to get around the edge when he's pulling around and he's and he's coming around for for a block. He gets on somebody, right? And the other thing that I really liked about him when, when I did see those opportunities where he is pulling from the left, coming around to the right side of the line mm-hmm. to create those that inside lane for the running back is that his vision. His vision is there. Mm-hmm. If you watch it, you see it. He's turning. He sees a guy. If the guy's out of position, he doesn't even bother with him. He starts turning upfield and looking for who's the next guy I can make contact with. 
And then he hits that guy. Before you know it, got a big gap and a big breakaway run for the running back. Um, so I, I really, really like that about the guy. In pass coverage, if you look at the game film, he held his own really, really well. Go and watch the Ohio State game. Yeah. Um, and he held, yep. his, uh, he held his own really, really well uh, against uh, the likes of Chase Young and that stellar defensive line that Ohio State had. Uh, they, they were running twists at him, all kinds of different things, and he held up really, really good. Um, but the one thing that I did see, it, it happened to him once in that game, I believe, is he got beat with like a speed burst, right? Like just just like a, a speed rush right to the to the to the outside shoulder where you know if Chase Young is on that side, Chase Young coming around that corner is gonna make that tackle kind of you know create a gap. And so that gap opened up, guy beats him to the outside and gets and gets pressure on the quarterback. I don't know if he got the hit or he got the sack, but he definitely got pressure on the quarterback. And so that's the concern that I saw. I saw I also went and I looked at film of him at the senior bowl. Okay, during practice. Okay, mm. so they were doing one-on-one drills, defensive line versus offensive line, and he got he got whooped. He got whooped with the same type of move um, in one-on-one drills in that practice. Of course, he's going up against the, the likes of like Reggie Kinlaw and some other studs out there. They're not these guys are like not nobodies, right? There's some pretty good defensive linemen, but it basically like it was. It seemed like they kind of knew what was up. Like, let's hit this guy with hit this guy with some speed and try to get around him. Don't try to fuck with him and and be physical with him because the dude's massive. You're not going to move him. Mm-hmm. Hit him with a quick quick move and get by him. And he was frustrated. You could tell he was like fuck. He was down on himself. Well, but then he came back later on in that drill again, and he had a much better outing and he was able to hold his own. Um, definitely when he when he's up against guys. Uh, it doesn't matter the strength of the defensive lineman. He ho- he doesn't get shoved back, it, it, you know, bull rushed, uh, if you will, uh, very easily. But Lord of mercy. Of concern. <laughs> Lord of mercy. Lord of mercy. <laughs> Lord of mercy. <laughs> oh, man. Um, Kane Simpson. <laughs> Kane, man, well, what do you think about this pig, John Simpson? Uh, <clears throat> big physical guy. And, you know, one of the things that I've stressed about this offensive line is if you can pull, if you can pull and get to that second level to get that linebacker before that running back can get there, you know what I'm saying? Then you, you're doing, you're doing what Tom Cable is looking for. And, uh, you know, uh, me and Bobby, we had talked about Shane Lemieux last week, uh, this dude is just as physical and as fast. I didn't. When you mentioned him, I had to go back and look at his tape. Mm-hmm. And and, and I, what I what I look for is what we do, and he fits what we do on the offensive line. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, a big big physical. He can power block, but he can also pull, and he can also gap block. You know what I'm saying? He can do it all. So here we go again. These guys, he could have been taken later in the draft. He probably would have been there a little bit later in the draft. But again, this was our pick. He was there. We like him. We took him. He, he fits well. And uh, we'll, we'll see this this big announcement. You know, um, is he going to take over for Gabe Jackson? Are we going to trade Gabe? Uh, will he eventually replace Gabe? Was this 
a guy that was drafted to in case Gabe gets hurt because he can also play center and the other guard. You know, not that he's played center, but they will play. He will be a util- when you're drafted this late in the draft as a lineman. You you you're they want to know can you be a utility guy right with that size come in and play any other position besides the one you've been playing. Mm-hmm. And this guy can play a utility position, so he can play the the all three middle positions. What I I don't I haven't seen him play center, but I'm assuming that if, with practice he can play all three interior positions. Solid pick. Another solid pick. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Bobby, it's your turn, man. You're up. I definitely, definitely had Simpson on my <laughs> list. This this guy, I I had seen him just because, like I, I mentioned before, I had heard his name on some NFL mock. I, I think it was like from NFL.com, one of their mocks or whatever. And he was deep, deep in their deep in their selection. So I started looking up that film and just started reading up more about him. Did you guys know the reason why this guy is so damn good at being physical is that in high school, in his junior year, he was actually a state champ wrestling. Like this guy like thrives when it comes to working inside, dude. Like he loves that stuff. That's his thing. And as far as in a phone booth, oh, dude. And as far as being able to hold down the line, this cat can just basically just sit there just in his two point stands and just boom push everybody away what Kang was talking about being having that uh, ability to be able to pull he's a big boy mm-hmm. he's a big mother scooter and imagine a refrigerator on roller skates with one of them acme uh rockets in the back that's what that's coming at you when this cat is pulling man so he's definitely got the way he's definitely can get there he's not going to be able to get 20, 30 yards, you know, up the field to try to, you know, maintain the block. But he definitely can at least create some sort of hole right there. And another team captain, 2019 team captain, dude. I mean, we're talking about having young men joining the squad that have good character. I mean, dude, you're getting a bunch of solid dudes who are also captains as well, man. Mm -hmm. I mean, Clemson, we're getting another Clemson cat, dude. And they, he's definitely shown a lot of work. The only thing that I would say that he has to improve on his game would just be just to lose a couple LBs. Not to lose at all because I like his size, but just to lose a little bit more so that he can have that stamina so that he can run an extra 10 yards down the field so that he can create that block. Uh, we want to make sure that if he is going to be eventually taken over for Gabe Jackson, I don't see him taking over right away if, if there is like, hey, you know, Jackson's getting, you know, traded or whatever. I don't see him taking over right away. Good definitely is going to be there because he's had those reps. He's been there before and he's demonstrated that he can do the job, but he will have great teachers for him there, whether Gabe Jackson takes off or not. Mm-hmm. Simpson definitely has a lot of work that he can uh, he has a lot of stuff that he can work on, but he has great teachers, man. And the way that the O-line has been this last year compared to a couple of years ago, it's it's definitely improving, man, a lot more. Um, Bobby, since you got the mic, why don't you slap a grade on it, man? Ooh, Simpson, I'm going to have to give him a 
I'm gonna give him a B plus. I'd give him an A minus, but it's just those, those couple LBs, bro. Just just shave down those those LBs, and and we're all good, man. All right, Kane. Let's go to you. Put a grade on it. I'm gonna say A minus. I'm gonna say he's uh, Gabe Jackson's uh, appear uh, heir apparent. Definitely. Okay. Yeah, I like that. I I was really shocked we didn't see Gabe moved during the draft weekend. I really was. I'd hate to see Gabe go. No knock on Gabe. Uh, my only knock on Gabe is is the injury concerns because I know every player up and down that line is playing injured. I don't know why Gabe doesn't push through it. And that sounds really mean to say something like that, but when your neighbor to the left and right are playing through injury, Gabe, man, you, you got to do this, bro. This is your career. This is your legacy, dog. Um, I don't know. There's playing injured and there's playing hurt, so I really don't know, and I'm I'm not really the one to say or to judge. But I think that's my biggest concern to Gabe is is dependability. Is he going to be there all six sixteen games for us? Uh, but because now we have Denzel Good and we picked up John Simpson, I really like this. I'm going to give it a B plus. Uh, che, what what kind of grade do you want to give this? I, I think B plus is good, man. I think a B plus is good. Considering we took him in the fourth round, yeah, we, we traded back up to try to get him to make sure that we got him. Um, but like like we've been talking about, uh, we've been talking about character, uh, the programs that these guys are coming from. Um, John Gruden and Mike Mayock, they really like what they've gotten already, right? Last last draft went really well for them. I think they like they like the players that they got from Clemson from these top schools, and they said. You know what? We got a little insider now. We got some insiders now in this locker room. Who else can we pick up from your team? Who else is good for us to grab? Who do you, who do you think we can fit in if our need is the guard? Right? I got I gotta imagine that that they that that's that's part of of what's going on too. It's like, hey, yeah, this there's there's this guy over here. He's really really good. Take a look at him, coach. Whatever it may be. Um, and so. I, I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it because these these schools are winners. These schools have pedigree, right? So um, you take another guy from a school like that. You think that's gonna that's gonna be able to eventually sub uh, sub in or take over a position for for Gabe Jackson possibly. Uh, I mean, it's possible for Incognito too, right? You know, Incognito came out of retirement, right? So we don't really know. We don't know. You know, anything can happen. Uh, and we don't want anything to happen because Incognito played lights out last season. Um, but the fact that you have that depth that you need on the team and a potential future starter in a guy like this, um, I think it's you, you can't be mad at it, man. You can't be mad at a pick like that. The offensive line is number one on the team. You can't do shit on offense without an offensive line. Yep. So you start off by making sure that you got that 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 front line, those big bodies uh, in front of you. And then you start building outside of that, right? So B plus, man. B plus. Cool. Fair enough. I like that. Next up, this is the final draft pick that we're going to cover tonight. Then we're going to move on to phone calls, and then we're out of here. It's a big show. It's a big beefy show, like we like to say. Uh, as beefy <laughs> as John Simpson, the beef. Uh, this, is, <laughs> this is my favorite pick in the draft, Amik Robertson. Round four, pick 129, cornerback out of Louisiana Tech, 5'9", 510 58 I don't know my man kept shrinking as the as the draft <laughs> broadcast went on uh 5972 pounds Kane how did you feel about this Amik Robertson pick I almost jumped out of my seat I am excited as a motherfucker about this <laughs> pick this dude 
Hey, man, he he is he, he plays like Damon Arnett. The motherfucker's physical. He sticks his nose in there. He makes plays out of nowhere. He finds the ball. He's got a nose for the ball. He's a ball hawk, and he's a Raider. Absolutely. When I say he's a Raider, I mean he fits the Raider mold of a defensive player. Jar boning hits. Just imagine having him and Abrams back there. Oh my God. This dude, hey, he's Eric Harris. Watch out, bro. You better step your game up. Facts. Because right now, Facts. you are on notice, pimp. You on notice, player. Because this dude right here, <laughs> he going to challenge you for your position. <laughs> I'm telling you yeah. right now. He's not going to be a starter. But he's gonna definitely be a, a dime, uh, dime uh, cornerback. Uh, not a dime. He's gonna play that Eric. He, he's gonna. St- this dude is gonna steal Eric Harris' position. Man, and I like team. Harris, but those I'm, are, those I, are I, facts. I love, those I'm are facts. Eric. I like his story. I like Eric Harris. I like Eric Harris. But I'm sorry, like Matt Mayock and Gruden says, we look to make this team better every year at every position, and I think you did. When you when you drafted this dude, you said, "Okay, you might not start as a starter, but we could develop you to become." This he reminds me of a Derek Gibson two point mm. um, as far as size and ability to make that hit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Watch out, man! Watch out! Be on notice. I was excited as a motherfucker about this dude. I'm He's telling a, you, uh, Amik, Amik's a Raider ass player. He's just a Raider. Period. All caps. Um, Che, give us some some knowledge on Amik Robertson here. Uh, man, this this kid is uh is interesting, man. This kid is exciting, and I would say he's my he's my Mad Max of the draft. Ooh, um, good take, good take. This this kid is a fucking angry cornerback, right? This is this is the Rodney Dangerfield. Of cornerbacks, bro. <laughs> no he respect. feels like he doesn't get no goddamn respect, okay? <laughs> this guy wants respect, bro, okay? He's like, yo, I'm I'm going to go out there and prove I'm the number one cornerback in this draft. That's what that's what he wants to go out there and prove. I really, really, really do believe that. And mm-hmm. if you watch his film, this dude is cocky. He, he's, he, he believes he's the best player on the field, um, and he's just – he gets after it, dog. His size does not matter. Okay, his size does not matter. This guy will come and take and, and put hits on people, bro. I've seen him injure multiple people, bro, and throwing shoulders straight into their rib cages. These cats hunched over on the field, rolling around, mm-hmm. grabbing their side like mm-hmm. a like my daughter does when she gets an owie every once in a while. But listen, this this dude is exciting. Uh, for all the reasons that Kane said, okay, this guy is more than a willing tackler, right? He 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 looks like he loves to hit, and I think maybe that's a little bit of that little man syndrome, right? Like I want to prove to you, I'm not afraid to hit you. Yeah, I'm five nine or maybe five eight, 187 pounds, but I'm gonna use every bit of this, and I'm gonna take you down, right? So he comes to play, he comes to hit. This guy tracks the ball excellent, like mm-hmm. a wide receiver while it's in the air, man. How many times, I, I don't know how many, I, I watched the film 
how many times I've seen this dude basically run the route for the wide receiver and then make a play on the ball, almost come down with an interception, back the ball away. The guy has instinct, like great instincts when it comes to like making plays on the ball mm-hmm. and seeing where the ball is coming from. He takes great angles too. He could be behind the, 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 the receiver running along its hip and then the ball's coming inside and he'll just cut off. Like he, he takes a short angle to get to the ball faster and deflect the ball. You saw that against, um, uh, I forget which team that was, um, but he, he comes across the middle, bats the ball way before the receiver is able to grab it. It might have been against Texas. I think it was against Texas. Um, and that was like in 2018. But this guy is a stud, man. And I think he's a four year starter as well. The guy came in and played immediately, okay, uh, or three-year starter. Um, the guy has four. He's 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 documented right as pro day at a four four five. So he has good speed. Okay, he's going to be able to stick with receivers. And uh, if you go by the the cornerbacks in this draft that posted uh, times at the combine and elsewhere, he would be ninth out of all those uh, cornerbacks. So that's not bad. Okay. The other thing is, is even though he's small, the dude is pretty physical at the point of attack and pretty physical at the line. Okay, so this guy likes to like show you, like I don't, I'm not afraid of your size. Multiple times I saw him match up against much taller receivers, and he puts that punch right in their chest and redirects guys immediately. Okay, now granted, he had his moments where he did get shoved around too because of his size. He's able to be moved around by some physical receivers too, okay? But overall, he's not afraid. He doesn't shy away from it, and that's what you like. You like a guy that's feisty. He's he's angry. He's going to get after it, and he's out to prove that you're not going to beat him. And not many times does he get beaten. He doesn't get beaten. Go watch the film. He doesn't get beaten too often. Um, he has great hands. He prides himself on his hands. He says these are like million-dollar hands, okay? He says you can't buy these hands, okay? He, he believes very much so in his hands. And if you watch the film, if he's going up for a pick and he drops it, it's usually a very good uh, defensive play by the wide receiver because the ball's already in his hands. He's coming down with it, and the receiver's pulling the ball out of his hands just to save the play, right? Just to save the play. Now the, the wide receiver has to play defender in a play where he should have been catching the ball. Um, uh, let's see. Let's see what else I have here. The, 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 the cons that I have, of course, being undersized, uh, that, that's often a challenge against taller receivers. And, of course, going into the NFL, you're going to have big, fast guys. Um, so you're going to have to you have to man up. But as as, uh, as we were talking about him fitting in maybe other positions, he played a lot of nickel, uh, so he could slide in as a nickel back. He could slide in in the slot possibly. Um, he has different possibilities. And then you, you, you're drafted a cornerback at the top of the draft, so you're not – looking for this guy to be your number two or even your number one. Right now you're looking for a guy to, to fill in and give you what you need. So I think he's more than capable there. Uh, guy has good ability to get up up in the air too. Uh, I don't know what his vert is because they didn't list it, but if you watch them fi- the film against Texas, he gets up and he's well above the receiver that's much taller than him, and he's, uh, and, and he's coming down with that ball. Um, and uh, I, I just – the, on, the other con that you would have is that because he played for Louisiana Tech, the dude didn't see a whole lot of NFL-type receivers, right? So you're unsure of uh, what it's going to look like when he's consistently up against NFL 
type receivers, NFL level receivers, right? Um, but I think the guy has the nuts to fucking go out there and, and, and say, you know what? I don't care who's in front of me. I'm going to get it done one way or another. Um, so I'm excited about this guy, man. I, I think he's, he, like I said, he's the Mad Max of this draft for me, the guy that might shock us and, and, and end up in this lineup somehow, you know? Absolutely. Um, John Gruden, excuse me, John Gruden talked about in games finishing strong, how important it is to finish strong despite our, our second half woes in the last two seasons. John needs to take his own advice in that regard, but he's right. And, and then he, he related that to finishing strong in this draft, which I think we did. Amik Robertson is my favorite pick in the entire draft right here. I'll call this guy scrappy do call him Mosca. Cause the dude's small, <laughs> the dude's small, but he's on you, man. He's on you he like bugs. <laughs> he, he bugs. bugs he, he bugs the shit out of you, man. He's on wide receivers like fl- like flies on horse shit. Um, fourteen interceptions. Most, you know what? Most exciting pick to me in the draft. Most exciting pick. We because the other players, we all know what they can do. We don't. We we, we like this guy's athleticism and his playmaking, and we love we lo- we love to see what he could do in this defense. And I didn't mean to cut you off, my brother, but I just wanted to add that. So Absolutely exciting. 14 interceptions, 34 pass breakups. The guy fell on the draft due to his size, not his talent. Maybe a little bit with the program that he's coming out of, Louisiana Tech. Uh, projects as a nickelback, could face some adversity against larger tight ends, running backs, bigger slot wide receivers. Uh, but I don't know about that because I watched tape on him versus LSU today. Going up against a six foot six receiver tight end, manhandled by Amik, putting hands in the face, hands in the chest. The kid uses a sideline as the extra defender, completely aware of the space around him. Watch this tape against Texas, going up against six foot six tight end Malcolm Epps. He was all in the dude's face, talking mad shit after the play. Watch plays Amik's involved in that you may not think are impactful on the play itself. Ball doesn't go his way. Maybe it turned to be a run in an RPO situation. The guy doesn't care. He's getting up in your face regardless. He may know the play's not coming his way, but he knows that those little jars, those little jabs, those little stiffs, they're going to get inside your head. They're going to make you question. You know, you lined up against him thinking 5'9", I'm swatting this guy away, and he's there to tell you, no, the hell you're not, because I'm going to be here all day long in your fucking face all day long. You got to deal with that. You're six foot five, and I'm making you question your entire existence right now. I'm going to fuck your whole career up today. I'm five nine. I'm under 200 pounds. You better think about that. I'm inside your head now. Mosca bugging you, bugging the shit out of you. Uh, balance, speed, twitch, short area, burst, reaction time, all of it top notch. Ball skills make him a threat in coverage. He's aggressive enough to cover the run. He's got everything. Kane compared him to Derek Gibson 2.0. I'm going to compare him to Carl Joseph 2.0 upgrade. This guy, I was a big fan of Carl Joseph. So now I got a Meek Robertson here. I'm a fanboy already because this guy not only hits like Joseph, but he's got the intellect and he's got the ball skills that make him way better than Carl Joseph. He could play safety, sure, but I think the Raiders are done with undersized safety. I see him going to nickel or dime back. It's going to be tough now. Now you got a large core of young, talented corners, defensive backs in this group, but I think Amik Robertson's attitude 
and his persistence are going to allow him to fight his way up the depth chart. And I could see Amik Robertson being a starter by 2021. I don't know if that he starts this year. I think he's going to be rotational. I think he's going to be a sub-package guy, but he's going to make impacts on the field. Having Amik, Jonathan Abram, and Damon Arnett on the field all talking shit, watch Amik after plays, doing the juke, shaking his shoulders, looking at you, cocking his head, talking shit. He gets inside your head. This guy's a Raider through and through. Like I said, last year, it was all about need and character. This year, it was all about aggression, violence, and playmaking, and speed. And this guy has all of it in spades. I love this pick. Hands down, my favorite pick of the draft, and it was our last pick in the draft. The fact that that, that Mayock and John had no problem not being in the 5th, 6th, and 7th tells you how deep this squad is now. Those 5th, 6th, and 7th players now... Tom Brady, sure, he was a six-round pick. I'm not saying that that players that get picked there don't crack squads. They do. They do. Antonio Brown. But the fact that we're moving up and we're standing pat, we're not trading back, and we're good with an abridged picks, you know, and and not going deep into the draft tells me that they're seeing the cream rising to the top and the overall talent level of this team moving up. I love this offseason. Everybody got the toys they needed. PG's got to be happy. John Gruden's got to be happy. The excuses are running out out Raider Nation. I don't want to hear any excuses. We lose games this year because we fucked up. That's it. That's it. I don't give a yep. shit. Let me add one more thing to this Amik Robinson. This is another special teams beast mm-hmm. that you're going to see. Uh, you know, we drafted him to possibly be a starter, but we're definitely going to see this motherfucker on special teams. So, it, him and Muse... You added you you just upgraded your special teams with these two players. Yeah, absolutely. Most definitely. Uh the other thing too, this guy does play aggressive. What I really like about him is he will get up in a wide receiver's grill, but turn his head at just the right time. And I don't know how yep. he does it. Yep. He just has yep. the instinct to turn around. This guy had only two penalties called against him last year, and when you watch his style of play, that'll leave you just scratching your head. Now, upgrade that, double that. He's a Raider now. He's got a black uniform on. He's going to draw that laundry for sure. But he's going to get inside your head, and it's going to play forward into that third and fourth quarter when he's up inside your head. Mentally, this kid is beating you. Physically, this kid is beating you. I love the Amik Robertson. I'm going to give him my grade. It's an A+. He came late in the fourth round, our last pick in the draft. But watch this guy. He's going to be impact player. Uh, Brings the attitude, and and he's swaggering boisterously into the 2020 season. I love this. Che, Give him a grade. Yeah, I'm going to give him an A-plus too, man. Uh, most most importantly to me, if you watch his reaction being drafted, you can see how much it meant to him to be drafted, to be drafted by the Raiders, um, to get that call from Gruden. Um, you can see you can see it in his eyes. The guy was teared up. He was quiet. He was just kind of giving the, yeah, yes, sir, yes, sir. You know, um, this dude – He's gonna he's gonna go out there. He's gonna prove himself. He's out to prove himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think and I think he he's got every tool that's needed, uh, with the exception for the height, mm-hmm. to prove mm-hmm. himself and more. So mm-hmm. yeah, man, A plus, man, fourth rounder. Uh, I'm excited, man. I'm excited. Awesome, awesome. Uh, Kane, give him a grade, man. I'm gonna have to go A, man. These do this, John uh, Mike Mayock has drafted swagger motherfuckers. I noticed this. <laughs> dudes that talk shit, dudes that carry a, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, nigga, what? 
you know what I'm saying, type of attitude. You know what I'm saying? Like, what? Yeah, type <laughs> of attitude. I like that. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I think you're going to see a lot of that on this on the field. You know, I think sometimes attitude and I can sometimes overtakes ability a little bit. You know what I'm saying? It, it, but they all go hand in hand. Obviously, if you got the ability and the swagger, then you the man. It wouldn't be the Deion Sanders's or the Randy Mosses of the, the, the NFL. I think a lot of these guys that they have taken have that that swagger, have that attitude, have that emotion. This guy definitely, definitely <laughs> fucking brings that Hell to the yeah. table. Hell hey, yeah. A plus. A plus. A, a baby. plus. A there plus. we go. Bobby, what you got, man? All right. First off, how dare you, Chair? Say that I be having little man syndrome. <laughs> 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 me and Amik, me and Amik, we we the same height, or or as or as three rings called them. Uh, uh, what was it, Amik Mosca? <laughs> I, I think that's what he said, man. I mean, uh, no, nah, yeah, this this kid definitely. By the way, for our non-Spanish speakers, Mosca means fly. That's right. <laughs> uh, Amik Robertson definitely got that fight in him where he'll definitely. He'll he'll fight above his weight class anytime, dude. And for a cat that says, "Put me up against Tyreek Hill," I got him. I mean, dude, that's just attitude right there alone. The only reason why he didn't get that plus for me was just because he did have a groin injury hmm. in in college. That's the only reason why. But besides that, if if that's cool in the gang, if that gets cleared up and that's not even an issue, then then he get that plus for me, man. But he's. He's definitely exciting because he can. He got that attitude, and you know he's he's repping. He's representing. For he's, us a like, he's a raider. He's a raider. He's a Five eight, you know, guys, man. So so, so I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna record these grades, and then maybe at the end of the season we can go back and regrade them. Something we've never done before. So uh, yeah. that's something we're gonna do. Uh, by the way, guys, just really proud of you. I think this is the best recap we've ever done. Again, not to toot our own horn, but um, you guys really did your homework. I'm proud of you guys. Great job. Brought a lot to the table. I learned a lot. I thought I did my research, and there was still more to learn, and, and I have you guys to thank for that. So, And the chat, too. Chat's over here dropping knowledge. Um, I was so happy about this draft. When we made that last pick, I turned off my TV. I stood up, and I said, Shit. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. All, 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 all corrections. Three Ring Raiders said it's uh, Mosca Meek. There you go. Like like uh, and then I went to the donation. Get on that. And then I went to garage. I got high and I ate a whole tube of Pringles. That's that's how I celebrated. That's how I celebrated. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was a yeah. good draft. <laughs> oh man. Um, oh man. That motherfucker's crazy, man. <laughs> guys, uh, we're gonna move on to phone calls right here. We got about nine phone calls. We're gonna go through those, and that's gonna be our show. Thanks for hanging in there with us. We got a little bit more. We got to hear from y'all. Uh, I'm going to play this call right here. And um, if you, uh, Bobby's got to take off too. Uh, I'm, I'm going to grab some more water. My, my tank is empty. But Che and Kane, if you guys can listen to this call and respond to it, uh, when I get back, we'll play the next call. If you if you can keep it going, keep the, sh- the ship on the, the, the water, I'd appreciate it. Uh, so let's, let, me, it. let me play this, and then I'm going to disappear for a second, okay? Yeah, yeah. Let it play, dog. Uh, this is a humorous thing, agent. I'm calling now because I won't be able to bring myself to call if the Raiders don't do something today. Uh, 
Look, a lot, a lot of us are out there willing to deny that, you know, Derek Carr has a, had his ups and downs. And a lot of people really don't want us to use a pick on a quarterback. That's the thing. So they're in denial about Derek Carr. Here's the thing. If we don't pick a quarterback today in round two or three, someone like James Morgan or, or Jalen Hurts possibly, you know, so that way we have a guy to possibly shift to in a year or two, and maybe Mariota takes it. Look, nobody, anybody, first of all, anybody that mentions Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields as a possibility shouldn't talk, okay? You don't know about football. You don't understand that Lawrence and Fields are going one and two next year. And even if you have three first-round picks, you're not going to get that pick, Okay. I, maybe even four first-round picks doesn't even get you that pick. And I know you know I'm fucking right about this. So to say that the Raiders don't need to get a quarterback today, I think is irresponsible. I think it's juvenile. Um, like Honestly, I, I want to punch someone in the face just, just over the, the <laughs> idea that Derek Carr would be on this Damn. roster by the end of today and there's nobody drafted to be the guy in the Extreme. future. So hopefully I don't have to punch somebody or punch something or, you know, break the TV in the living room and bring the one from the bedroom in here. Because, uh, I don't know, man, I'm so fucking dumb with Derek Carr. Uh, I'm supposed to be funny and stuff, but I, I'm, I just, I can't deal. I can't deal with this motherfucker anymore. I'm so sick of him. I'm so sick of people defending him. It's the worst defense of a player I've ever heard in my fucking oh, life. We're doing this again? Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> it looks no like it. It looks like it. Uh, that that was, uh, let me guess, that was oh, a- AJ so, DeMello, Humorous Fiend? That was Humorous Fiend, bro. Okay. Yeah, that was, that was our boy AJ DeMello, bro. Anything you guys yeah, want to yeah, say man, to I, that that we haven't said already? Uh, I mean, I think I think he's uh, I think he's pretty upset right now. <laughs> I, I mean, you know what? You know, to, to, uh, uh, to, to think we could draft a quarterback uh this year would have been nice um i know i said this is not the year to draft a quarterback i did say that i said that and i am not you know i'm i'm stick to that but when when i looked all the quarterbacks in the draft and uh there was a lot of john Gruden that i thought were uh fit for what he wants to do. So, uh, yeah, you know, there are a lot of people that's upset that didn't take a quarterback. But at the same time, you got to think about it. Was this the year to take a quarterback? Um, in, in a normal year, maybe. Uh, but in a year that you have all this question about what you're going to have an NFL season, you know, our are just gonna get to work the players, our uh, coaches get to be able to get these players playbooks, or or receivers gonna work quarterback. Just the uh, the whole question of how we're doing this right now, you know, it wasn't really good year to take a quarterback. These teams that quarterbacks, you're not gonna be able to start the quarterbacks. Um, you with no OTAs, no nothing, no nothing, no you know with sedition going on right now, you know that played a big part in taking the quarterback. You know what I'm saying? So you know, be set 
but at the same time, smart. You know, let's take players that play football without so much book knowledge than to ones or one early in the first round that you really have to work and teach. You know what I mean? So uh, I'm happy with what we did in the draft. And, uh, you know, we didn't take a quarterback. We didn't take a quarterback. It is what it is. You know, we did take weapons, though. So, you know, I've – you got. I've, we've already shared our thoughts on Carr plenty, plenty of times, and you've seen our thoughts and opinions on Carr evolve over the last six, seven years. Um, so what I do have to say is, you know, Gruden and Mayock bought him some time with this draft, and we're just going to have to wait and see how 2020 plays out, and that's just where we're at right now. With all these weapons, you got to feel like they'd make any quarterback look better. Am I wrong, guys? Is there anything else we want to add to this? Uh, I mean, just just to, hu- to humorous fiend AJ's uh, point, uh, he he said he was going to be really really fucking pissed if if Rangers <laughs> didn't make something happen. Okay. I was guessing this was on on Saturday, the uh, last day of, of, of the draft. Um, that was actually and, on uh, Friday. Yeah, it was on Friday. Oh, that was on Friday. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So so even before that, but um. But uh, but listen, man. I, I think. Do I think? I think it was there was a a, a very high possibility that the Raiders were looking at at bringing a quarterback in, but they weren't just going to draft any quarterback, and they weren't going to reach for him either. Um, not when you feel like you have a quarterback that can uh, can can at least provide you with the with with the lead with the leadership for the time being. Right, um, and you have another backup quarterback that you think maybe you can resurrect. Um, I don't think you're going to reach for a quarterback if the guy that they really liked was there. Then I think we would have seen them grab him, right? But they didn't. Okay, they didn't. So obviously the guys that if they if they had some that they were pinpointing, they were gone or it was too late. And uh, at some point you just got to say, you know what? Today, this year, it's not our focus. We can't focus our our. We can't be reaching and looking for who's the who's the next guy that we could possibly take who who else is out there that we can yeah. take because then you end up with a with a waste of time okay yeah. yep. so you roll with the guy that you got right and and you put enough weapons around him to hopefully see a change in him and have him succeed mm-hmm. in leading your team so um I, i'm hopeful i'm hopeful for that but uh yeah aj sorry that you're uh you're a little upset about that, though. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's move on to the next call here. We're going to go to the 970. Kenny, Kane, Kay, Bobby Wasabi. I've glad you guys all in there since I haven't called in so long. It's Jay from Colorado. Hey, what's up, Jay? Just don't really like calling in during all the mock drafts. I think I said that last year. Yeah. But obviously, we had round one just happen, and I'd like to say I'm, I'm pleased. Uh, but I did find it funny right before Rubs was drafted. I was just sitting on the couch with my wife, and I was like, "Man, we got all three guys here. Anyone but him, I'll be pretty happy." And that's <laughs> but he's a Raider now. He's—I think he's just as good. But that's just who I thought was my least favorite. Mm-hmm. But now he's my favorite. That's our boy. Uh, oh, I was looking at some okay. of his stats. Guy, guy lines up. Uh, I don't know. Guy lines up real like rough and tough. 
he seems like he's going to be able to play really good tight man coverage and uh, really help uh, play really well alongside on the other side of the ball of Mullen. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, who knows? Not, but I, okay. I, I just trust Mayock. I, don't, I was happy we didn't trade out or trade up uh, with him. I want him to have as many picks as possible uh, just because he's a draft guru. So I want him grabbing as much people as he can in that draft. That's all I got to say today. Go Raiders. We'll talk to you later. Yeah, and we, we covered this earlier on. I, yeah. I think a lot of people had rugs at the bottom of their third because, again, he's pigeonholed because of his speed. But go take a really strong look at rugs, and you'll see this kid is pretty well-rounded. Aside from the fact, like Che did point out a good point, he's surrounded by talent, and and, and you know he disappeared at times over there in Alabama because of that talent. So let's see what he can do when, when all eyes are on him in the NFL, and hopefully you know it's more than just speed, and we see those hands, and and, and we see that that adverse that uh, the de- determination and, and motivation that that Ruggs brings to the squad. Uh, great call, thanks for calling in, man. Uh, anything you guys want to say to that, or should we move on? Yeah. Oh, man, I think you, I think you got it. Okay. Um, as far as rugs goes, you already got our thoughts, so there's no, there's no need to go back into it. All right, let's go to the the three three zero. This is Mojo Raider. Mojo Raider here. Just wanted to set up a call about. And just so you guys aren't confused, there's actually two Mojo Raiders. There's the Mojo Raider podcast, and then there's Mojo Raider, the original Mojo Raider who started off at PJ4F.com, and uh, this is him. Actually, a guy that's very instrumental in getting this live stream going for us. He's our tech support, so shout out to you, Mojo. Uh, shout out. Round pick, Brian Edwards from the number one Gamecock fan in all of Charleston, South Carolina. In fact, all of South Carolina. Chucky Parker, let's roll. Man, y'all got the fucking steal of the draft. If this guy had a top-tier quarterback, he'd have been a number one fucking pick. Mm. The guy leaves it all on the field. He's one of the best receivers ever. In the SEC, yeah, he actually was South Carolina's leading touchdown catcher, receptions. It, you stole it. He's he's going to be better than Ruggs. Ruggs is going to bed because Brian Edwards is going to be your man. That's another <laughs> Gamecock you fan. There first. Mojo out. All right. Mojo pulling in the uh, – the, the the hitters pulling in the sleepers over there. Um, that's another Gamecock fan weighing in on Edwards saying that this guy is the steal of the draft, better than any of the wide receivers that were talked about, and attributing his decline in draft stock uh, to the lack of, of quarterback talent over there in South Carolina. And that's that's a fair argument, man. I really hope you guys are right because what I see in this kid's fight and his ability to contest balls uh, absolutely insane the way he plays and in the size back back in the day when I was playing like Madden two thousand five uh, one of the first guys that always trade for on my team was David Boston and then just force feed the ball <laughs> down his throat so his attributes would go up only because I was in love with David Boston's size that dude looked like a he man action figure with the big ass fake biceps and shit um, so I'm a big fan of this man I love big wide receivers. You know, so some people want to call him the next Terrell Owens and stuff. So his fans are really, really big fans. So that's that's got to be encouraging, guys. All right, let's move off to the nine oh nine here. If you guys have anything to say, just jump in, man. I'm just trying to burn through these. It's getting late. Let's go to the nine oh nine. What do you got to say? What up, pillagers? It's the Pomona Raider. What up? What up? A minute, but uh, missed draft time. Been watching you guys on YouTube. Looks like you guys are hurting from the quarantine. Barbers are staying inside the house. <laughs> you guys can't get a haircut. Trim that beard, Chef. 
Anyways, uh, just joking. Um, day two of the draft. I'm I'm a fan, honestly. I think Chair, me and Chair were kind of the same same uh, same trip. Two receivers, two receivers in the first round. Well, that didn't happen. We got rugs. But fuck it, Mayock said, "Hey, Gruden, what was the biggest problem with the offense? Why can't fucking Carr do shit? Well, nobody gets fucking open. So what do we do? Grab two more fucking receivers, six foot two, you know, uh, Edwards, baller. You know what I'm saying? Fucking Bowden." You know, fucking, if, if Jacobs needs a spell, want to throw in a fucking guy that goes from running back to slot receiver, you know, uh, fucking plays quarterback, you know, um, that dude Bolden seems pretty cool too. So, cornerback, hey, man, I believe in May- Mayock. And Big Cock Mayock, we trust, bro. So, <laughs> if he says that he's the one, let him be the one. You know, maybe, maybe fucking, uh, joiners, experiment with joiners not working, they're gonna move him back to safety where yeah. he did really well with the yeah. Rams. So, and let, uh, let that kid fuck. Uh, uh, slot. So, tell me what you guys think. I think I think we're doing okay. I think a little disappointing some of the picks at first, but I think I I kind of see the plan, you know, moving and shit. So, bottoms up, fellas. Later. Uh, those are good points right there. Part of me when it, when I saw the Robertson pick was like. This is the plan to move Joyner back to safety, and I think that's the quickest road for Robertson to start in 2020 is to take that nickelback position from from Joyner and move him to the back. And I think a lot of people would feel a lot better about that. Now, when you said Bolden, I was in my head because you were just talking about Edwards, and it reminded me of Anquan Bolden, which is actually a pretty damn good comparison, I think, to, to Brian Edwards, who actually might, according to some of you Gamecock fans, be a lot better. But again, another very physical wide receiver that doesn't take no for an answer. Uh, Pomona, I actually did cut my hair. I cut it myself. Uh, as I was as I was telling the rest of the crew here, I had to be careful and not go too low. I took Kane's advice. I used the number two because uh, shout out to Beer King. He already calls me Peckerwood. Uh, walking around here, <laughs> walking around here in my 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 creased dicky shorts and uh, my khakis. So I I got to be careful how low I go with the Clippers. You know what I'm saying? Get them romper stompers on and hang out with the wrong crowd. You know, it could be the end of Kenny Stapler. Oh, I don't know. I ain't about that life. So I don't want anybody to get anything twisted. You feel me? Uh, but I don't, it'll grow out by the time I leave the house, I'm imagining. But shout out to you, Pomona. It's good to hear your voice again, man. I'm glad you're hey, fired hey. up about this draft. I feel like everybody's got to be fired up about this draft. I think what we need to talk about on the next show is finally a comparison. Now that we have two years in the books, finally a comparison of Mayock to Reggie McKenzie because we supported Reggie. Um, but I, I have some things to say about that. But that's something I think we should dive into on the next podcast, guys. Remind me about that. Let's have that conversation because there's it. a lot to unpack there, and I'd like to yeah. have that. Um, let's go back so, to the real, real, yeah. real quick though. Comment on on what Pomona said uh, about the receiver receiver thing. Now, when I said that, I uh, I wasn't being realistic, but I have a a, a really I mean I have a suspicion, man, that if CD had been there. Uh, and not taken by the Cowboys prior to the 19th pick, we might have actually ended up with Rugs and CD, man. There's a very, very – I mean, because you see what they did in the third round. Um, there was potential for you to end up with two of the top receivers in the draft. Like, um, if he would have been there, and he was two spots away, bro, two spots away, right? Dallas took him at 17, and we were, we were picked at 19. So – yeah, man. Very, very. There was that. It made me think about that afterwards. I was like, man, I said that. I said that shit like a joke. 
See, man, look, we had we had a chance to take all any of the three top wide receivers in the draft. That pick was very telling, very telling, very telling. You can't. There's no way to get around that. Mike yeah. Mayock obviously thought for what we wanted, what the Raiders wanted as a wide receiver. They thought Henry Ruggs was that guy. You could have took Judy. You could have took Lamb at 12. So I don't know if you would have took Lamb at 19 if he was there because you could have took him at 12. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. You could have very well took took him at 12 and then and then Ruggs might have been there at 19. This 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 thing was where team that you know there's there's three wide receivers and this is where we look at them and we actually saw from looking at the draft where teams saw these receivers. You know what I'm saying? You know, the team behind us was was Denver or being the 49ers, they could have took Judy. You know what I'm saying? They yeah. could have took Lamb. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So they obviously didn't have – Ruggs was obviously the, the best receiver in this draft because if he wasn't, the other teams behind us besides Dallas would have took the other two guys. They would have went boom, boom, right behind us. And you know and what? Did. You know what came? All, the general consensus with all the analysts, all the fans out there, no matter what team you looked at, they all had CeeDee Lamb as the number one in that, that trifecta of wide receivers. The fact that he was picked last makes me wonder if there's something there that we did not hear about. And it makes me wonder mm-hmm. even more that because he's on the Cowboys now, he's on them, the, the crack wagon. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, and what about, what about the phone snatch from his, <laughs> from his girl though? <laughs> Super shady, bro. Super that makes shady. me wonder. Yeah, he's and, the that, fact that, and the fact that the 49ers didn't draft them right yeah. after, that is a really big factor. Like that is the most telling factor they right need, there. They need wide receiver bad. They need that bad. So yeah, you're Mari right. Cooper guys. That's who it was actually calling him. Huh. Well, you, you know what? You know what? Another. Oh, that somebody said that. Somebody said that. I saw that about the money, right? About no guaranteed money. Hey, hey, except, except when CD picked up the phone, Amari wasn't there. He disappeared. <laughs> dropped the call. Damn. Yo, listen, he dropped the call. One of the things. <laughs> <laughs> You're a fool, Bobby. Hey, the jokes are the jokes are never ended over here. No, but listen, I think one of I think one of the main concerns about not drafting rugs if you're the Raiders was Denver taking him. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I think wow, one of the yeah. major concerns yeah. was like if we don't grab this fast motherfucker, now we're gonna have two teams in our conference with guys that run four fucking twos or less, and now we gotta fucking guard them. Now you know what? Let's make sure this guy's on our team there and now go. we don't have to have that concern. There you know go. what I mean? Like I really think that that's that plays into it. That was a little defense right there on offense by the Raiders yep, yep. in the draft. Yeah. All right, yeah. let's go uh, to the three three zero here. We're going back out to the south. Let's see. Hey guys, this is Nick from Ohio. Oh, Midwest. I just wanted to call in and say my favorite draft pick for the Raiders was a Nick Robertson, a steal in the middle rounds, best nickel corner prospect in the entire draft. Can't wait to see what he can do. 
with the silver and black. Thanks. Go Raiders. Hey, thanks for calling in, Nick. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, that might have been your first phone call. Short, sweet, landed the plane, you got in, got out. You know how to do it. You know how to do it. Yeah. Uh, let's go back here to the 209. Um, let's see. Yo, know, what's going on, fellas, man? It's your boy, Raider Ben, Kenny Che, yeah. Kane, Bobby Wasabi, man. What's going on with y'all today, man? Shout out to Raider Ben, man. He is a, he's a cool-ass dude, man. We got to tailgate with him. You're a cool-ass dude, yeah. man. Hell yeah. Anyways, I've seen a post on Twitter, man. You guys wanted to know our favorite draft pick, man, of them all. Um, I wasn't the biggest uh, fan of the Henry Ruggs. Um, but you know, the Raiders are going back to that old school shit. John Gruden said, you know, the Raiders were always known for speed and shit like that. And we haven't been, you know, fast over the last couple of years. You know, Reggie McKenzie kind of got rid of all of our fast players and kind of replaced them with ball players. But I have to say, man, my favorite pickup is probably going to be a Meek Robertson. Uh, dude's physical, can hit people hard. Uh, not afraid to play, uh, physical bump and run coverage on the line of scrimmage. Dude's just a dog. All in all, you know, great pickup by the Raiders. Um, that's just my favorite pick. I'm Meek Robertson. The corner from Louisiana Tech, dude. He's just a straight dog. Um, like I said, he hits people. Uh, he's a little small. Uh, he hits people hard. Um, it's hard for receivers to get off the line of scrimmage against him. I love that pickup. Uh, that's my thoughts. The boy Raider Ben, I'm out. Awesome. Awesome. <clears throat> Great call. Uh, Raider Ben, good to hear from you, man. Call in more often. This is the 209 again, going back out to the Central Valley. Uh, humorous fiend. He had more to say. Yo, what's up, y'all? It's AJ, humorous fiend. I'll address my embarrassing phone call at the end. I want to say- Bro, it, this call came in today. There's a much different mood already from humorous fiend. Uh, between Friday and today, humorous fiend <laughs> smoked all the weed in the Central Valley. <laughs> Don't go to the dispensary. The shit's empty, bro. A good draft, though. <laughs> <clears throat> Get possibly a starting corner in the fourth round. He's a slot guy. I mean, a lot of good uh, reviews from uh, Robertson. My favorite pick, though, has got to be Brian Edwards. I mean, that dude is a baller. Um, and we shouldn't have even been able to get him, but uh, because he had the injury. Like, like in fantasy, for example, like – I'm not drafting. I'm not targeting Henry Ruggs with like, like early in my, uh, you know, my rookie draft. But someone who slips through the cracks, Brian Edwards, y'all. I'm telling you, this is a guy who might be catching ten touchdowns a season, uh, if not this year, next year going forward. I really like that guy as a red zone threat. Uh, and you know, I think just overall good draft is the Tanner Muse pick. I just hope we didn't use a third round pick on a guy that's going to play special teams. Like, I don't think that's the deal. I trust Mayock. Same with the cornerback selection in the first round. He may not be super fast, short arms, but the film don't line. I know Gruden, Gruden and uh, Mayock, they, uh, they like to go off the film, you know? So anyways, I think. I think we got a good draft. We finally got weapons at receiver, and then we got the backup running back uh, that can be special possibly. Also takes snaps at quarterback, wide receiver, uh, Lynn Bowden. So we're going to be able to compete. <clears throat> so in regards to my other call about the quarterbacks and stuff, it's like, you know what, whatever. But I think anybody that says uh, that people who don't like Derek Carr – 
are rooting against him to succeed are wrong. Yeah, I think right. the thing is, is people that don't like Derek Carr, they want the Raiders to, to, to upgrade. It's like when you see like a family member that like has enough money to buy like a better car and they just, they pull up to like your kid's birthday house and they're busted down hatchback and you're like, yeah, man, I say it gets you from point A to point B most of the time, but it's like, you, you, you could, you could upgrade. You know, I think that's how I kind of see the quarterback position is like, I don't see Derek Carr winning the Super Bowl for us. I can see us get to the playoffs with him, but I just don't trust him. If anyone can explain the Minnesota game, the New York Jets game, the Kansas City games where he just disappears. Don't get us started, now, bro. Easier for Don't him get us to, started. Uh, to battle when he's down early. Do and not start talking about start. Derek Carr on this show because <laughs> it will turn it into a whole nother just, motherfucking show. Just, just please. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. That's correct. Um, I want to move on from this right now because we, we've, we've beat this horse. You know, it's a new season now. And while I agree with you, AJ, that Derek Carr may not win a Super Bowl for us, I'm looking at this roster now and I'm thinking, you know, Brian Edwards, I'm thinking Lynn Bowden Jr., I'm thinking Josh Jacobs, Richie Incognito, Rodney Hudson, Colton Miller, Trent Brown, Gabe Jackson, Jonathan Abram, no more Trayvon Mullen, uh, you know, uh, uh, Amik Robertson. Uh, I'm thinking these guys can win a Super Bowl for us. It is a team sport after all. So I'm going to remain positive. Once again, I'm going to charge the positivity core and head into this season with my spirits high, uh, with a flush hand of all this young talent and just hope, you know, all they've been saying is put the right weapons around him and he can do it. Okay. You've been saying that. I'll give you one more season. The weapons are there now. And uh, I think that's what the front office is saying, too. So we hear you loud and clear. No mas excusos. (laughs) No more excuses. (laughs) No more excuses. No more bullshit. Shout out to Howard Stern. Um, Let's go to our last call, guys. Uh, It's 360. These have been good calls, but it is getting late. We got to get out of here. Got a lot of work to do after this. God damn it. It's a celebration. Pillages. Crackachella and show. (laughs) Can I just say how thankful I am that Pete's going to round off this caller segment? Yeah. This yeah, is this, this, perfect. Yeah, hell yeah, man. Perfect. This is the energy we need right here. Chase hit it. Perfect. <laughs> God damn it. It's a celebration. Pillages. Crackachella and show fucking Kenya titties. Kenny J. Kane. What's up, Pillages? This is Pete and Brother Wasabi. How we doing? Man, I had a couple of reactions to Twitter, and uh, thank you very much for having me on on uh, Thursday night, fellas. That was awful nice. And you know what? Before I get into my favorite player, before I get into anything else, is we, uh, you know what? The more film I watch, the more I listen to Gruden and Mayock talk, the more I'm down with Damon Arnett, the more I'm down with a lot of these selections. But if we're going favorite, it's got to be Lim Bowden at 80, baby. Mm. (laughs) Straight fucking baller. I argue that he's the best pure athlete in this draft. And I'm willing to say with his returning ability and stuff like that, we might have another offensive rookie of the year on our hands. Ooh. Might not be Henry Ruggs. My money would go towards Lynn Bowden. Wow. And I'm not even going to discuss not my too. least favorite player. I'm going to say my first favorite player is John Simpson. My second, excuse me, my second favorite player is John Simpson. Mm-hmm. Why? Because there's a funny rhetoric going on. Oh, yeah, we've heard that Gabe Jackson was getting shopped or, you know, oh, is he his replacement or this, that, and the other thing? No, 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 no. 
We needed a young buck in there that we could groom for Richie Incognito's replacement. Yes, He's not going to be around for forever. Mm-hmm. He's an old man. And if Gabe Jackson gets hurt, I fucking love the way this kid gets up to the second level. He's a straight stud. John Simpson, that is. Pumped up about all of it. Hope you all enjoying everything. And uh, after that, Amik Robertson, third favorite player. Attitude, bro. Mm-hmm. Attitude. He was mocked in the second and first round in some people's drafts. Mm. I don't know why he slipped, but damn it, I'm excited. All right, fellas. Thanks for having me on. We'll see you at 8 tonight. Fire call. Yeah. That was fire right there. Uh, and that's how you fire. Fire. That's, that's how you finish out a caller segment right there. I'm glad you appreciate the John Simpson pick, too. I was really excited to see that. I had actually left my living room and missed that pick, came back in, and I saw the text from Bobby, John Simpson, and I was like, hell yeah. So, um yeah, great caller segment, guys. Great show. Anything anybody want to say before we get out of here? Oh, man, I think uh, I think the callers were on it tonight. I think we were on it tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you said, we, we we try to bring the best possible show to y'all, man. So hopefully you guys got what you needed, got some knowledge. Uh, we appreciate y'all, man. The uh, YouTube chat was on point too, man. Your oh, hat, yeah. your hat oh, game yeah. is on point, Bobby. Bobby's on like his sixth hat. <laughs> He's got the training camp hat on hey, right Bobby now. Bobby the man. Yeah. Hey, shout out, <laughs> shout out to Don Francisco and Salvador Gigante. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Bobby's a Bronco hey, fan. What, El Bronco. Real, real quick. Uh, I I want to say I appreciate y'all for listening to us, mm-hmm. and uh, I saw some tweets out there that you know showed us some props for our, our show. You know, look, man, we ain't professionals. We didn't go to school for this shit. We ain't trying to be uh, media experts or none of that shit. You know, when we, when 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 we started this shit, we just wanted to be fans that brought a perspective uh, that other fans would appreciate. You know what I'm saying? And um, working with y'all fellas, that's what we've accomplished. You know what I'm saying? We've accomplished... Uh, we don't give, you know, we, we do numbers. Now, I don't, I'm not a numbers guy. I don't, but we do numbers. We, we talk about how, you know, shit might work out, whatever, but we, we come straight from the hip with fan perspective. So, you know, I'm not, I, 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 I think I speak for all of us on yep. the show when I say we appreciate y'all for listening to us. Cause oh, we yeah. just try to keep it real. Mm-hmm. We just cut, we, we don't, we don't try to, give y'all some some Jerry McDonald, which I respect, or some <laughs> Scott Bear, which I respect, or some Mo Motown, which I respect. We just try to give you some Kane, some Bobby, some Che, and some Kenny. Mm-hmm. You know That's what I'm right. saying? And I think we've accomplished that. Yeah. So, Mo, shout out, and thanks for uh, listening to us, man. Appreciate it. Absolutely. You know? Kane nailed it. I said it earlier on in the chat. All we try to do is bring the fan experience to the airwaves. Uh, we look at the Pillaging Podcast as a recreation of those conversations you have in your backyard, standing around the barbecue grill, conversations you have at the tailgate. That's all we try to do and drop a couple kernels of wisdom. And our ears are open, too. We're here to learn. We're humble people. I mean, uh, from from Kane being the veteran member of this clan all the way down to Bobby, we know a lot about the Raiders, but we don't know everything. So our ears are open. Uh, shout out to Raider Rue. I've learned a lot from you, dog. Shout out to Pete. Yeah. I've learned a lot oh, from yeah. all of you guys, man. You guys are just Absolutely. as bright as anybody 
out there. So we're just giving you an alternative to that mainstream media, just like Kane said. And we're just appreciative that you guys are here to accept it and enjoy us. When, when Kane and I started this, you know, it was just a handful of people, and it's really grown to this empire of pillagers. And uh, we're all on the same team, man. We're all peers. Just because I have the microphone, just because the four of us are behind microphones right now, it doesn't mean that you don't have a voice. And we're just trying to amplify right. that voice for you. So, yeah. so bring it every week, guys. And we'll keep bringing it right back at you. This is a community that we're building. And this is an army right here. This is it. This is a pirate ship. So uh, tune in every week wherever podcasts are found. I'm Kenny Stapler. Join this week. Bye. Your boy Chip. Your boy Kane. Bobby Wasabi. Stay safe, everyone. Until next week, keep the wind in your sails and the rum in your mugs. And pillage on, Raider Nation. We out you. Peace. Raider.